Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet at the John Campion Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel, I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, all sorts of good things, sitting right over here. Writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? John, welcome to the Ides of March. And Beware I wear the Ides of March. I know, but yeah, truly. And I just want to say thank you to Ismail for this awesome tombstone t-shirt that he gave me at the John Campia fan screening of the Batman, along with the cookies. I'll be your huckleberry. Uh, it's, it, it actually <laughs> says, uh, I don't shake hands. I love him in that movie. Also, so sitting right over here, joining us today and joining you guys in the live chat, it's Ray Aura. Ray, how you doing? What's that? Ooh. Oh, a little Master Chief glass, I see. Mm -hmm. What happens in two days, Ray? Isn't it the 17th? Is it game uh, day? The 24th. The, 20, the 24th. The 24th. Okay. The 24th. Of course, game day. That's that's Ray's big game day. And <laughs> sitting beside Ray, Chris Carr is here, ladies and gentlemen. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing so great. I got a really nice note from my agent this morning about an audition outside my comfort zone that he thinks I crushed. And it was Aww. really nice to get that validation. Because we don't get it a lot. Well, that's always good to have. And yeah. I get validation every day from my dogs who come up and let me know they love me every day. That's my validation. Well, we love you, John. Yeah. Oh, you. Yeah. It's always family. All right, guys. It is awesome to have you guys here joining us here today. And here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break the show into two parts. On the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you're watching live and only if you're watching live, you can use the Super Chat feature to send in a comment or question, which we're going to be turning off here in about two minutes. So if you got a comment or question, you got about two minutes to get it in. And then we will read those off at the end of the show. However, if you're somebody who's watching the show not live in one of the other 22 hours during the day, you can send in a comment or question as well for me or Rob or both of us to answer during a show we do three times a week called Mailbag. Just simply go down to the description of this video. You'll see a tip link. Click on that there or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip and send it on in. You'll get your... I was running out of breath there. You'll get your comment or question read on Mailbag if we deem your comment or question appropriate to be read on the show. And of course, you'd be supporting the channel at the same time and all of us involved here at the John Campus Show. Thank you guys so very very much for your support. A little bit of housekeeping keeping here as well. Don't forget, guys, that if you need your daily fix of the John Campus Show, but you can't be in front of a YouTube video, maybe you're commuting or you're jogging, whatever, good news, there is the audio-only version of the show that we simply call the John Campus Show Podcast. It is available on your favorite podcasting app of choice, so go subscribe to it today so it'll be there when you need it. Also, we have another podcast feed simply for our new show, Movie Club. So if you want to catch up on all the things we got going on with Movie Club, just go again on your podcasting app of choice. Search for Movie Club, a John Campus Show podcast, and subscribe to it now. And by the way, guys, today at 4 p.m. Los Angeles time, we have the newest meeting of Movie Club is today. Calling to order all members of Movie Club today at 4 o'clock Los Angeles time. We're going to be talking about the Quentin Tarantino masterpiece Western, Django Unchained. So make sure you guys uh, get caught up on that today. Many of you already have. Come on back and join us for We're going to talk all about this movie. We're looking forward to it. Okay, guys. With all that down and out of the way, let's now move on and take some off the tops here, shall we? And it's a trailer kind of day 
for our off the tops. It is. And the first one we're going to talk about is this. The other day, the first image and a plot description synopsis came out for the new Puss in Boots movie. Now, it is a little weird that they're doing another Puss in Boots movie. It's been a while since we had Puss in Boots. I love this character. I have loved the character since he first appeared in Shrek. I wasn't a huge fan of the first Puss in Boots movie, but I love the character. Absolutely love the character. And I'm all in for them doing another movie. Now, we found out that the title was Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. And it was going to revolve around, we talked about this the other day, that Puss in Boots has now gone through eight of his nine lives. He's only got one life left. And he's got to get to this mystical thing, something that grants wishes. I can't even remember what it was. Well, today... Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Pedro Pascal. <laughs> he grants all your wishes. Today, the new trailer, the first trailer, dropped. And I got to tell you... It is a great Puss in Boots trailer. It is a great Puss in Boots trailer. It's got all the Puss in Boots isms. They even pulled the old big eyes thing. And at first I thought, oh, they're doing that again. But then I thought, it's been about 10 years since I've seen it. So it's actually pretty funny. There's a part in the trailer where they start very rapidly in a big montage going through how he lost his first eight lives. And I was, I was laughing pretty good watching it again having antonio's voice doing it i think that's selma hayek mm -hmm. uh doing what's her name miss soft pause or uh, something soft pause i think something, something like, like that. that um i thought the trailer was pretty damn charming i, I mean i don't know if this movie's going to be any good like i said i didn't love the last one so maybe this one will turn out the same way but the trailer itself was actually pretty good chris you had a chance to see the trailer. What did you think about it? Oh, this is charming AF. I love it. Everything about this is cute. I love that he like died from shellfish and had like a gazpacho <laughs> accident. I think all of this is wonderful. I think it's going to be really, really cute. And I mean, the cast, we talked about these yesterday. I mean, having Antonio Banderas back doing the voice, Saba Hayek, Olivia Coleman in the mix there yeah. too. I mean, the cast is wild and I really, really enjoyed this animation. The way the giant looked in this trailer too. Was oh yeah, really that was cool. fun. Yep. I Unexpected think this is and really fun. fun. Yeah. I'm excited for them to to do this and we get a little of that nostalgia, those things like the big eye moment we liked, but some new cool fun exciting stuff too. Rob, you had a chance to to watch this morning. What did you make of it? Dude, just hearing Antonio Banderas's voice. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, when he's in that mode. When he's in sexy mode. Right. I, I, you know whatever, <laughs> call it what you want. But I, I know, John, you are not a cat person, but as somebody who grew up in a household of cats, my mom is a crazy cat lady, uh, I'm pro-cat. So whenever you see a film that glorifies the greatness that is our feline <laughs> brothers and sisters, I, of course, am there for it. God, cats are useless. But, hey, if you like them, I grew up with cats, but if you like them, you like them, that's great. But I'll tell you what, I like this cat. I like this right? guy very much, and I'm looking forward to seeing this movie. Anyway, guys, did you have a chance to see the Puss in Boots trailer? It just dropped uh, just a, a short while ago. It's so a great maybe trailer. you have a chance to see it's, it's actually really, really fun. Again, I don't know if the movie's going to be good or not, but the trailer, you got me on board. I'm signing up. What did you guys think about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to another trailer that just dropped this morning and that is this you know i was introduced to a marvel character there's one marvel character that my wife introduced me to and that was ms marvel like the moment they started publishing and picked up the miss marvel 
books and the, the graphic stuff. And she brought it home and she read, she really, really likes this character a lot. And then when they announced at D23 that they were doing She-Hulk and Moon Knight and all this other stuff, one of those shows that they mentioned was Ms. Marvel. And I thought, well, that's interesting that they're going to do that. I, I never really thought they would have done that. But great, let's see how it is. And then they cast a good Canadian girl to be in the lead. That, so that got me more excited for it. And this morning, the first trailer, it's a couple really interesting things here. The first trailer for Ms. Marvel dropped. And I'm going to tell you this. The first 10 to 15 seconds, I was like, this feels kind of weird. But after the first... 10 seconds or so, my brain tuned in and I was watching it. And all of a sudden I was watching through the eyes of this is a John, like this is more John Hughes eighties film than the Spider-Man no way home trailer felt. Yep. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. This trailer is brilliant. And I was instantly sucked into the style they were going for in it. And I found myself like this, there's very much a Luke Skywalker ism to the character, to Kamala in there as well, with her, you know, young girl, responsibilities, looking to the stars and all that, obviously big obsession with Captain Marvel and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, just let me say, I'm not a huge fan. I know it's a very popular song, this weekend song. Uh, what's it called? Lights or City Blinded Lights? Blinded by the Lights. Blinded by the Lights something like that. or something like that. I'm not, I'm actually, I know it's a very popular song. I'm not a huge, huge fan of the song. What a perfect song. For this, just the way that the, the 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 certain notes hit at certain times and all that kind of listen, I'll I'll tell you what. I've been curious about this Ms. Marvel show. Curious about it. This trailer, bonkers good. And like so many things that Marvel has been putting out lately, feels completely different from anything else Marvel is doing. And I feel like lately we're saying that about everything Marvel's putting out. Like Eternals, completely different from anything Marvel's ever done. Shang-Chi was very different from anything they've they've ever done. Um, talking about, um, now, now we're talking about uh, Moon Knight. Looks completely different than anything they've ever done. And now I watch this, and again, it's completely unique from anything they've done before. And I went from being curious about this project to being damn near all in. I, I loved what I saw. Again, this was just a first trailer. We haven't gotten a sense of the story yet. We haven't gotten a sense of, okay, so what's the driving narrative here? Obviously, young girl who's a fangirl, obtains powers, whatever. Okay, yeah, we all know that, but what's the story going to be? Who were those four shadowy fig figures standing in the mist? What's with those agents going into the bank? Like, there's a lot of stuff there that we don't know, and I'm sure all that stuff will come in a second trailer as we get closer so I just loved it. Now, before I ask you guys about your thoughts on it, one other thing was absolutely fascinating that is very easy to overlook. This thing starts on June 8th. The reason that is fascinating is because Obi-Wan is a six-week series that starts on May 25th. That means on June 8th, we are going to get two Disney Plus premium shows airing at the same time Ooh. we're gonna have obi-wan episode three and ms marvel episode one i have been critical of disney that they seem to feel like well we can't possibly have two premium shows running at the same time it's not like tv has done it for 50 years well guess what 
here we are. We are going to get three weeks of over, four weeks of overlap, four weeks of overlap of Ms. Marvel and Obi-Wan. And I find that pretty awesome. That's really going to make me look forward. To, but then, oh my God, that means Tuesday at midnight is going to be a long night because I'm going to have to watch the Obi-Wan episode and I'm going to have to watch who knows if they're going to stagger that. So yeah, I love the trailer. I think it's great. And uh, I'm very excited that they're actually going to be running multiple shows on the same days. Anyway, Rob, you had a chance to check out this trailer. What are your impressions of it? This is our first look at this. But also, besides you know, our first look at it, what do, uh, what do you think about the overlapping stuff? Well, you know, well, the, first of all, the overlapping stuff is quite interesting. I mean, to me, it's, it's you're not just giving uh, potential subscribers one show, but two. Uh, two different demographics. I think it's a smart move. And I would expect that we're going to see more of that moving forward with Disney Plus in the future. Um, but as you know, we all often talk on the show, John, about how uh, the MCU has uh, looked at different genres of of stories. And Winter Soldier was a 70s conspiracy thriller to the point where they even hired Robert Redford, you know, from right, Three Days of the perfect. Condor and all the president's men to basically be the head of Hydra, essentially. Um, and so to see what is ostensibly a 80s John Hughes movie with superheroes. I mean, we've seen a lot. Uh, there's been a lot of Nickelodeon shows and everything from iCarly to whatever. So it, it's well-trodden ground. But in the MCU, they're going to do their own spin on it. And I've seen a lot of vitriol already about this trailer. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, what did you expect? You're not going to get like the Batman, but with Kamala Khan. You know, you're just, you're not a Kamala. Is it Kamala? <laughs> um, you're not going to get that. And this was exactly what I thought that we would get. And I thought the trailer looked delightful. You know, I mean, uh, if I was 16 years old and my sister was 13, she would be eagerly awaiting this uh, a show. I might not be as eager, but I'd probably watch it with her. And I watch this and I'm like, this is delightful. I really would like to see uh, what is even a, uh, another girl, another, we, we know what Spider-Man's perspective is of the MCU. Let's see a superhero female perspective from, from high school about the MCU. What's it like to live in a world where the Avengers are real? What part did you like most about that trailer? You know what I liked? I, I liked the tone of it. Yeah. You know, I, I like the fact, I, the, even the graphics, how it, how it, you know, it looked like they were drawn in a notebook and they had a comic book vibe, a panel vibe when it first started out. I like that. I mean, it, it was happy and buoyant and I, what's not to love? That's what I thought was, was fun about it. It's not dark. It didn't think, it, I didn't feel the world was coming to an end. It put a smile on my face. Chris? And you know what, that last shot when she's sitting on top of the, Lamp. Oh, yeah. Anne was watching that. She goes, boom, because like I said, Anne loves Ms. Marvel. She goes, that's straight out of the comic. Right, right out of the there. comics, dude. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm like, boom. I love that. Yeah, she enjoyed that a lot. Chris, you sat down and watched this trailer for the first time this mm -hmm. morning. Did you like it? What did you like about it? Maybe what didn't you? Uh, and what do you think about the fact that they're going to be overlapping the shows now? I love that. I'm so excited that I get to watch two things in the same streaming service. We talked about that yesterday, too. I just want to watch them all in one place. Thank you for giving me two shows at the same time, Disney. It's all I've wanted. Uh, this looks great to me. I really love the use of blinding lights because we've got those bioluminescent superpowers in there. I think that's a fun <laughs> tie-in. I can't wait to see like her polymorph abilities, too. That is a power I've been really, really excited to we see. we got a little bit screen. of a glimpse yeah. of it. Just a short just glimpse a of that. Yeah. One. Um, I think this looks great. I love 
the idea of this being this great coming of age story, you know, that John Hughes idea that y'all were mentioning. I think that's fantastic. And and let's just be clear, a coming of age story, regardless of the gender, right, is for everyone. Everyone has gone through these trials and tribulations just in different ways. It's a different perspective on the things we've all gone through. And that's wonderful to watch through the lens of a superhero, too, to see how even the most mundane things can be real trials for us. Yep. Um, it's so relatable to that pool party scene. Oh, I was like, girl, been there. I know. I know what that's like. <laughs> um, I think this just looks absolutely charming, and I'm so excited to watch it. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. So that's three th thumbs up for all of yeah. us here. By the way, I, one of the things I saw on Twitter was like I saw some people saying, oh, oh this, this is just for kids. And I'm like, no, it's not. It, it, it reminds me of like there was some there was some criticism and some firestorm going around because some critics said, well, you know, because uh, turning red is about Asian culture. That has nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm not. And and what they were missing out on was that there was a shared experience in the cultural stuff that they were talking about. Yeah. And if you really watch it, you realize this is a story about the common human experience we have. It just looks a little bit different. When you get a, a movie like this or a show like this, in my opinion at any rate, where it's like this high school student, what they're going through, there are still universal issues being communicated that I think adults still think, look, adults still look to the stars. Adults still dream of what can be. Adults still think about what they themselves can accomplish and become. Now, we're looking at it through the lens of somebody in high school and teenage because we associate a lot of that. But if you can't see beyond that, if all you see is the high school hallway, then I'm sorry for your lack of imagination and vision. But well, yeah. I think this is now, Ms. Marvel may end up being bad. I may not end up liking the show. But I think if you're so limited in thinking, this is a story about somebody who I'm not, therefore it's not for me, I, I don't know what to yeah. tell you well, at it, that point. It's a different flavor. And if you haven't had that flavor before, why are you going to judge it? Yeah. Also, so what if it's for kids? I, I mean, it, it, what does that matter? Like when I was a kid, it's not a very good movie, but I loved Godzilla's Revenge. Godzilla's Revenge was about a bullied Japanese kid. I wasn't bullied as a kid and I wasn't Japanese, but I still love Godzilla's <laughs> Revenge, even though it's not a very good Godzilla movie, to be honest. I, I mean, I would never, I will watch a story like Just One of the Guys was one of my favorite 80s teen uh, films. Great. Not just because Cheryl and Fenn's in it. I was going to say, but, I feel like I know why you enjoyed but, that movie. No, 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 but it's it's legitimately a good movie. It's really movie. good though, yeah. You know, that, there, there's second tier teen films that aren't John Hughes just one of the guys was one secret admirer which is a romance with C. Thomas Howell and Lori Laughlin another one I'm not gonna not watch him because yeah. oh this movie's about a girl for sure come yeah. on oh real quick too like kudos to Sarah Finn who's always crushing this casting oh my god but finding Amon Vellani this newcomer she seems great in this role she yeah. seems so oh, yeah. just keyed into this part and really comfortable taking on this superhero mantle and everything too. Sarah you know where I really felt it? it was her in the guidance counselor office. Yes, like that's like you're like like that's the moment that I went when she's like talking. So like, what do I have to plan my whole life? I'm like, <laughs> it was at that moment that I went. She was the right one. Yeah. Yep. She was the right one. Mm -hmm. By the way, this. I mean. I don't think people really give enough credit to her. If you look at the casting of all of these movies, uh, it's pretty impeccable. Mm -hmm. And and not just the leads. Oh, yeah. The other people that she fills in these roles to help create the world and ground it, which is 
the whole purpose of those co-star roles and everything right is to kind of imbue this in a real world scenario yep. and flesh out everything she just nails it oh did you guys ever see the disney movie sky high yeah, yeah. i love sky high sky high is great what was what was the main guy's name not rampart uh um, oh god oh what was it was Dennis Quaid. No, it wasn't Dennis Quaid. It, it was, was uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Kurt Russell. And he was not the Rampart, or it was something something yeah, yeah. like that. I can't remember the character. Guys in the live chat, help me out. What was Kurt Russell's character's that, name? That show, and did you guys ever watch this uh, video game high school? Like those sort of like... Um, the Commander. Of, yeah, yeah. The, the, um, those sorts of shows. I, I'm hoping it's kind of, it's going to be like those if, if, if this is the way it looks. It was, the trailer didn't, wasn't what I was expecting. But I didn't know what I was expecting to be honest. But I, right. I, but I'll still watch it. I'll still watch it. It just wasn't. I just, it just didn't turn out to be what I thought it would be. I don't know. And I think a lot of people are unfamiliar with Ms. Marvel. I mean, I, I th because yeah. Ms. Marvel is on top of everything else. Ms. Marvel is also a very um, new character. Yeah. Is it right. very very fresh? Yep. So. Yeah. So for 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 most comic characters who have been around for decades and. Yeah. Who this coincidentally different. was also introduced in that same year was the Mr. Knight persona of Moon Knight. Oh, full circle, Rob. So Good maybe job. there'll be a team up. Oh. If it starts with the letter M, come on now. <laughs> you can do it. Anyway, guys, uh, it's it's a thumbs up around the table here. What did you guys think of the Miss Marvel trailer? Was it what you were expecting? Was it something completely different? Maybe, you, like a lot of people, you were completely cold going in. And what do you think about the fact that Disney Plus is now showing, yeah, we're willing to overlap some shows. We're willing to have multiple premium shows running at the same time. I personally find that very exciting. What do you guys think? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With all that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics on the show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris. What is our first main topic today? This first one comes from Isaac. Hi, John. According to The Hollywood Reporter, before the scripts for Obi-Wan were rewritten to be less bleak and hopeless, in the words of Kathy Kennedy, Darth Maul was supposed to be a part of the show. Wouldn't this have contradicted what we saw with Maul and Kenobi and Rebels? What do you think of this? Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, man. Yeah, there had been a lot of talk going around that some people wanted to see Darth Maul in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which would have made zero sense, like none. <laughs> when you watch Rebels, and I understand not everybody watched Rebels, but it is canon. Maul is on a quest to find out if Obi-Wan is still alive. He had, he had no idea if Obi-Wan was alive. And then he finds out definitively Obi-Wan is alive. And once he finds out Obi-Wan is alive, he makes a beeline for Tatooine, which happens years after the events of this Obi-Wan show, finds Obi-Wan, they have a three-second fight, and Darth Maul <laughs> dies. 
it would be completely breaking canon to have to have Darth Maul, to which a lot of people, when I would have this discussion with over the last year or so, would say, well, I don't care. I, I, love, I love Darth Maul and I want to see him there. And I like Darth Maul too. I love Darth Maul. Who doesn't like Darth Maul? He's one of the, he's probably Obi-Wan the- Kenobi. He, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi doesn't like Darth Maul. Qui-Gon Jinn probably. <laughs> probably not very fond of The rest of, of the Jedi Order. <laughs> but he is probably the single coolest thing to come out of the prequel era of movies oh, is Darth yeah. Maul. And so, of course, we like him. But you don't just go throwing cannon into the wood chipper just to get rid of him. Well, apparently, though, they were looking at putting Darth Maul in this. As a matter of fact, apparently in the first script that was in, it was going to be with Darth Maul. This comes to us from the folks over at Screen Rant who write the following. According to a new report from The Hollywood Reporter, so it's not Gus's gas station movie reviews dot fart. According to a new report from The Hollywood Reporter, Darth Maul will not appear in Obi-Wan Kenobi. The news comes with additional insight into the show's development as it is revealed that there were previous plans to include him. Ray Park, who played Maul in the Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace and Solo, A Star Wars Story, reportedly was preparing to return. However, creative changes to the series meant cutting Darth Maul's role. Lucasfilm representatives denied any plans to include Maul in any versions of Obi-Wan Kenobi, but the Hollywood Reporter's source states otherwise. In any case, Darth Maul is not expected to appear in the upcoming Star Wars show. And thank frickin' heavens. It would have made zero... Now, don't... Again, let me reiterate. I love Darth Maul. And I loved... I got really excited at the end of Solo when he popped up there. Right, because in the time frame that fits canon, everything was fine. But the idea of bringing him in here, while it would have been fan service, remember what we said: fan service is fine if it serves the narrative, if it serves the story and furthers the story. Considering bringing in Darth Maul would have been trashing the narrative and obliterating the canon. It would have just been pure empty fan service. As much as I would have gone squee, and everybody else would have done the same thing to see him because it's what Darth would you Maul. have done, John? Squee! Okay. Internet, please clip that. <laughs> there's, there's your new, there's your new trending thing. But it would have That's been, already been memed. It would have been everybody. We all, we're all, but it would have been a huge boner to see like Darth Maul on there wrecking shop again, right? But it would have been at the sacrifice of story and yeah. at the sacrifice of canon, and it wouldn't have made sense. Who so, cares about story, John? <laughs> we just want to see him. They dropped this news after I wear my Darth Maul shirt yesterday. Oh, oh that's right. That was a good uh, Darth Maul shirt you had they on yesterday. They should just take a, a page from Moonfall and not care about the story. Yeah. That's right. Or just any new Star Trek series. Narrative? Yeah, what's that? Canon either. Have the Darth Maul triplets show up. There were never Darth <laughs> Maul triplets. <laughs> now there are. Actually, dude. Better than now, Darth Maul? Hang three on Darth Mauls. Wait a minute. I'd like to see some Darth Maul triplets. If you I'm know what telling you. Come on now. <laughs> Three Darth Mauls. Three Darth Mauls. They could be Why do you have to say it like they that? They don't have to be. I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I like so, Darth Maul triplets, baby. Now, the, the whole notion about them going back, like, I was always fine that they wanted to go back and rewrite the script. I mean, right. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I didn't like it at first. I was like, look, if you knew that was the story you wanted, why are you changing your mind now? But fine. You're uncomfortable with the story where it's on. You want to rewrite it. Fine. Hearing this makes me even more comfortable that they rewrote the script because it just wouldn't have made any sense. So apparently that's it. 100% official. There are still people speculating, but there will be no Darth Maul, no Ray Park 
uh, in this thing. Now, look, uh, let me be clear, too. I'm still open. There is a good period of years in the Star Wars story there. Solo kind of highlighted this, where there is room for a Darth Maul story if you want to tell it, but tell it in such a way that it does not contradict canon that you've already established. That's all I ask, but there's still room for it, and I'm interested in it. Anyway, Rob, you uh, hear about this, that apparently, according to the Hollywood Reporter sources, that there were plans in the initial draft of it to have Darth Maul be the villain. What do you think about that, and what do you think about the fact that they removed him? The Hollywood Reporter uh, article does go into some depth, and, you know, it was Filoni Consulting that that made sure that this didn't happen. And, you know... (laughs) On one hand, John, I'm like, how did how did that happen in the first place? Like, how did how did anybody come up with a script that Darth Maul was even in? Like, how did somebody not consult with these things to begin with? Which I won't get into that, but it makes sense that there. Uh, look, we all want things to have canonical uh, fealty to what's come before and after, and I think if you decide to play in a time frame that has been documented between bracketed between two movie series and two different animated shows with the Clone Wars and Rebels, I think it's important that uh, you adhere to these things because what they have is this grand narrative sprawled out over multiple formats. Now we're getting live action TV shows. So I like the fact that they put the brakes on this and that cooler heads prevailed and they're looking out. Uh, they're looking at this grand narrative and taking it seriously. I think that's what we want from all of our franchises, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and here's the other thing: this move does something that I have been asking Star Wars to do. Because you know, my one big—I love Star Wars, but my one big criticism of it over the last number of years has been—I mean, a lot of years—has been the shrinking of the universe. Right. Everything's got to be so okay. Darth Maul. We've had him for decades. We've had several things with Darth Maul. You know what we've just introduced recently we're just touching on? The Inquisitors. And this decision to me was about was not just about, okay, well, Darth Maul breaks canon if we bring him in here. But to me, it also represents a decision to, hey, even though we're going back to old Obi-Wan, let's see if we can expand the Star Wars universe a little bit and let's delve more into the Inquisitors. And I really like that move. Anyway, Chris... You hear this news. What do you think about the fact that he was in there? What do you think about the fact that he's not in there now? Uh, What's your perspective here? Darth Maul is the puss in boots of Star Wars. (laughs) He he can't die. We keep trying to kill him. Boots of Star Wars. We keep showing back up. Yeah, y'all, just because it's in a different medium does not mean it's not canon. You know, it's it's the same thing with Marvel, right? What if is canon? And that was a whole thing on the internet too, with people being like, well, if I don't want to watch an animated show, I shouldn't be punished for it. You're not being punished. You just don't know the full story. Yeah, but That's... everyone knows animation isn't real. Oh my gosh, it's animation. animation is just so lowly. It's amazing and it's wonderful. People need to put some respect on it. But it's just for uh, kids. Animation is just for kids. Did you know that? You know, we it's can't... only for kids. We can only tell stories in certain mediums, right? right. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's why fantasy films can have no merit, you know, on a uh, critical stand. Especially right? animated films. Yeah, films. absolutely. Mm. Like people just need to get over putting these things in boxes. A medium doesn't deter- determine the merit of something. So. That's my whole issue with that, first off. Um, I'm glad we're getting away from Maul, too. This is a really cool character. Y'all are right. But 
it has been feeling like everyone in Star Wars knows each other in this weird Dickensian kind of way <laughs> where everyone is somehow related to or connected to each other. Well done. Like, thank you. <laughs> well done. I was an AP English. I studied. And I just don't understand why everyone has to know each other. Everyone already has to have some kind of link to each other. Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> little, little orphan Annie doing that business. I think it's really exciting to bring in fresh IP to this. And that's what Star Wars needs is a little something new in the mix, too, because yeah. we can't just completely bank on nostalgia. We have to deliver good, interesting storytelling. And I'm hoping that that's what they're doing here. Yeah. And, and while the Darth Maul delivers the squee, it, it doesn't create something fascinating and new or interesting. And delving into the Grand Inquisitor and the other Inquisitors as a part of this Again, and we got more flavor of the Inquisitors once we got into Jedi Fallen Order, right? And I think to explore that now, I think is really interesting. So I'm, I'm kind of glad with the direction they decided to go here. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this? Would you have liked to have seen Darth Maul in the Obi-Wan series? Are you like me and you're kind of glad he's not? What do you think about the decision to change? What do you think about the fact that they decided to have him in there in the first place? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today? This one comes from Otto. Greetings, beautiful people. So we all know that The Boys Season 3 is starting up here pretty soon, and the new trailer was awesome. That's great. But I didn't realize that Season 4 had already been greenlit and that it's actually already shooting. Carl Urban just confirmed that he's already shooting the next season and will be doing so until the end of the year. What do you think about this? All right. Thanks for saying that in. And yeah, there's been a lot of boys, a lot of the boys stuff come up lately. A couple days ago, that poster dropped where it showed that Butcher was going to have the, the laser eyes. Then they dropped that first trailer, which doesn't give a lot away about what the story of the season is, but there's a lot of good, brutal, violent, gory stuff in it, including one of the things I'm most excited about, probably I'm most excited about for this season of The Boys, is Supernatural's Jensen Eccles coming in as Soldier Boy. Number one, because I'm super excited that it's Jensen Eccles, because I'm a Supernatural fan. But number two, I think... Soldier Boy is going to be a really great character. The Captain America knockoff in this is going to be fascinating. I'm dying to see what they're going to make him like. I think that's great. Now, I we talked on this show a while ago that there were reports going around that The Boys Season 4 was already greenlit before 3 even came out. But now I, you can put a... You can put a nail in that. It's it's actually true and happening. And this comes to us from Carl Urban himself. Uh, and basically, this comes to us from CBR, who writes, It seems that The Boys is officially returning for a fourth season. While Prime Video hasn't given any word about what fans can expect after the upcoming third season, actor Carl Urban has confirmed that he is not done filming the series yet. I'm shooting The Boys through the end of the year, the actor told Variety's South by Southwest studio this past weekend. Before now... Fans of the series only had reports claiming that The Boys was renewed by Prime Video months ahead of Season 3's release. But now, it's official. Carl Urban himself confirming that they are doing, and he's currently shooting and shooting it through the end of the year, which I love, because that kind of means we, don't, we won't have to wait too awful long to get Season 4. This is a show that is clearly not for everyone, right? Not, I mean, I actually... We talk about the fact that the boys hooked me immediately in episode one 
when Hugh and his girlfriend were walking along and then a train ran right through his girlfriend, blowing her into a billion little pieces. That's when this show hooked me. I happen to know a couple of people that that's when the show lost them. Because it's, I mean, yeah, because that sort of thing is not for everybody, and I get that, and that's fine. But I unabashedly will tell you that this show is for me. It's the, across the veneer of the bonkersness, and you get below it, there's some great human story stuff. There's great, again, one of my favorite episodes of television in the last five, six, seven years was the airplane episode. When when Maeve and Homelander are on that airliner, like that is, to me, is one of the most powerful things i've seen a long time in the struggle that mave had and even homelander didn't like what they had to do like even homelander was like okay let me see if i can think of a way out of this i mean once he realized he could he was like eh, oh well but but i mean he even he was like yeah i gotta try to figure this out but there was no way there was no saving those people and he of course then he did the very evil thing but he could have saved some but then they would be witnesses and well that's no good so anyway (laughs) In case you thought I was starting to paint Homelander as some kind of heroic figure, I'm not. But God, I love this show. And I'm going to be very curious to see what direction they go with this season. And now we already know they're doing season four. I'm super thrilled. Rob, you, you see this. We were looking at the poster. We talked about the trailer. What do you think about them already shooting season four? Dude, I love this show. Uh, I love the trailer for season three. The graphic violence even in that trailer is like, oh, I'm so there for this. Uh, I love the actors they have portraying all these characters and the idea that they were smart about it. I mean, in you know, John, in this world of streaming, I don't like waiting two or two years between seasons of a show. I like to get what I want, when I want, how I want now. And I think the fact that they're doing season four, that's a beautiful thing because that means... There'll be what six months between seasons, maybe. Well, maybe, maybe. more. It's I a mean, real if, effects heavy show though, too. Yeah, so and it's true. It if is he's true. saying he's shooting through the end of the year, and then you have post production on top of that, maybe it's an epic season. Because look, it yeah, usually maybe. takes it usually takes eight days to shoot an hour long TV show that doesn't have a lot of effects. Mm-hmm. But if you're shooting until the end of the year and it's March, that's some pretty heavy TV right there. Maybe they're shooting twenty episodes. That they're going to split into two seasons. Oh. I don't know. Well, wouldn't that be great? All right. Anyway, Chris, you hear about this. What do you think about like? And and by the way, now that we're talking about getting into a season four, mm-hmm. there is definitely a style to the boys. Could this style start to wear thin on us? Like, could we start to get tired of what the show does? Are we going to get desensitized to? superpowered beings banging each other against the walls or blowing up other people's heads like could that wear off like i don't see any end in sight for it myself but (laughs) moving into season four is there a risk of that and what do you think about this news i mean there is a risk of that we could get fatigued because i think some people do have superhero fatigue which is why this show works really well because it's kind of a dismantling of the superhero trope um and the comics do come to a conclusion so I'm hoping that we kind of teeter off, honestly, around a season six, a season seven, and finish up telling this story. Um, I am really, really hyped about this, though. There's a great comment in the chat uh, from Sundown Studios 2.0, over under 20% that Wayward Son plays when Jensen Ackles shows up as Soldier Boy. I was like, over, so over. I think it'd be hilarious. I think it'd be so good. Um, Seth Rogen. Make it so. Make that happen. I, I don't care that. what you got to pay in music rights. Make that happen. It would totally yes, make yes. no sense for the boys itself, but 
I don't. Well, I for, his, I for his character, yeah. for his and character, yeah. for Soldier Boy's character work. coming home. Now you, know. you got to understand supernatural to know yeah. what we're talking about. But if you know, you know. But, but oh think, my god, I love that idea so, so much. Great. And I'm I'm really excited for what they're doing with Soldier Boy too, because in the comics, right? We've def we've taken a, a step away from where things have fallen into the comics yeah. and made our yes. own story. Um, I'm very, very interested to see what they do with this version of Soldier Boy, though. I've mentioned it on the show before. We've had like whispers of the Herogasm arc, and now I'm wondering how deep we're going to get into that kind of storyline, too, and how salacious and seedy all of that is. Uh <laughs> um, oh, man. These comics are so messed up, and they really I'm are. so excited that this this show is just, we've said it before, elevating the source material, too, and making it something that's transitioned onto the screen so well. I'm really hyped, and I'm so happy it's greenlit. I also think, too, that that means to me that the effects are going to continue being really, really masterfully done. Yeah. And, and that, I think, is one of the things that makes this show stand out so much is that some other television superhero shows that, that honestly probably don't have the budget that an Amazon studio show has are sometimes lacking when they're showing a superpower. <laughs> CW. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, sometimes. They, they make up for it in pretty people. And <laughs> that's nice, too. That's good. Um, By the way, I should just point out, uh, Ira in the in the live chat just talking about the idea about the wayward son. It's like, remember, mm -hmm. Eric Kripke is the showrunner yep. who created Supernatural. And he's, I mean, maybe he can find a way to make that happen. I hope it happened. It makes me happy. And by, and by the way, you know, we brought up the comics. This is one of those rare things where I feel very confident in saying, I actually think this on-screen version of The Boys is better than the comics. A thousand percent. I, I think so too. I think you, you know, I think you were the first one, Rob, to kind of suggest that to me. And I thought, well, that's not real. And then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? You're right. This is, this is better than the comics. And well, that's not knocking the comics no, at not all. at all. I just love the way they're pulling it off. Yeah, I mean, I think because, but in, it, to, to, to be fair, when you have the comics already written, you know, you can see what worked and what didn't. And sort of, and I think in the case of this show, the showrunners and K Eric Kripke, they know, they, they've distilled down what is great about the comic and 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 yes. giving it to us whereas like they distilled you know, it I they, like that. it's it's a distillation and and that's all you can ask for you know rather than you know everyone's like well why is tom bombadil not in the lord of the rings <laughs> well you know it's a it's, it's a distillation of what and what you want is it, it, did it bring forth tolkien's story well on the big screen yes does this adapt the boys very well yes probably better than if they just adapted every issue of the comic and that's what you want and I love it. I can't wait to get season three. And now we know we're getting season four. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this news? That they are indeed. Carl Urban's confirmed it. They're already shooting. He's going to shoot till the end of the year for the boys season four. Are you hyped for season three? I certainly am. Maybe you're one of those people that this show isn't for you. And that's totally fine, too. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump into the comment section below and leave us your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number three, shall we? Chris, what is our third main topic today? Third topic comes from Janet. Hi, John and crew. What are your thoughts on the trailer for the HBO Max original series, Tokyo Vice? Ken Watanabe looks great, and there's some internal infernal affairs vibes. April 7th looks fantastic. All right, thanks for sending that in, Janet. And you know what's funny? Because somebody just wrote in the other day. You remember somebody wrote in saying, hey, John, where's the Tokyo Vice trailer? 
the show is like a month away or, or less, right? Where is it? And I said, yeah, well, remember, television's a little bit different than movies. Like sometimes television shows will, like Disney Plus, will drop trailers really early. But a lot of times TV shows, they have a much smaller marketing window, whatever. But the trailer has now come out. And I watch it. And first of all, hearing about the show, I was very interested. First of all, you got Michael Mann doing it, which Mr. Miami Vice himself. So you know it's going to have the atmosphere. You know it's going to have the attitude. And by the way, there was a Michael Douglas movie. I want to say it was called Black, Black Rain. Rain. That was it. That Directed by Ridley Scott. That's right. Andy Garcia, Kate Capshaw. And it all take place. Like I love the idea of a Westerner fish out of water set in Japanese culture. I have a Black Rain action figure. Of course you do. Is it Michael Douglas? No. It's the Japanese Yakuza. And he even comes with a missing finger. And he comes with the knife that he cut his finger off with. You know, I just realized. That, that actor that, passed that away, That thing I just way. said about, I like seeing like a Western figure as a fish out of water in Japanese culture. That might be why it goes all the way back to me for Shogun. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like not an American figure in there, but still, I'm, I kind of like that. Anyway, so the trailer for Tokyo Vice just dropped. And I had an interesting experience with it because two things struck me. And I'm really curious to know what you guys think about this. Number one, I'm in. This this is an interesting looking trailer. It hits all those kind of um, check boxes I was looking for. It's got that Michael Mann kind of edge to it, uh, that, that underworld gritty feeling, an investigator trying to explore and discover all this kind of stuff. Also, listen, there's a few rules in life. Death, taxes, comic book or video game movies suck, although that law's been changing. And Ken Watanabe is awesome. That's just a law of the universe. That's very true. Ken Watanabe is awesome. And sure enough, he looked incredible. And I could listen to that dude read the phone book. Ken Watanabe. So that's that's one thing for me that stood out about the trailer. The other thing is this. I think I realized watching this trailer that I don't actually think Anson Elgort's all that good. <laughs> I mean, I I really liked him in Baby Driver. I think he fit the role of Baby really well. Yep. But it was like, what's the John Heater, the guy who played Napoleon Dynamite? It's like where it was like that situation where you found a guy where there was this role that really would fit them really, really well. But then you realized once you moved beyond that, there wasn't much else there. And like I watched West Side Story, my favorite film of the year. And we talk about uh, we talk about a number, like it's Reyna or whoever. We talk about a number of the characters all the time. You know what we never talk about? The star of the movie, Anson Elgort, who was perfectly fine in the movie. He really was. But he did, unlike his castmates, he didn't elevate the movie. And then I watched this, and I was talking with a buddy of mine last night, and I'm like, I think my biggest takeaway was Anson Elgort was horribly miscast in this. It it just doesn't, like, everything about it feels great, and then there's this floundering fish flopping around on the deck out of place, and that's what Anson Elgort felt like to me. And so... I, I think I watched that trailer. I'm like, I think I just realized I don't actually like Ensign Elgort all that much. Huh. 
and and again, I don't want to read too much into it. I've only seen about four of his projects, and I really liked him in one of them. But I don't know. I think to me, the biggest weakness for the trailer was Elgort. Anyway, Rob, I know this is a a show you've been particularly interested in. I read. What do you think about the trailer? I read this book. I read the book the week it came out, and what what I found fascinating about this whole book is it really delves into the relationship between the authorities and the Yakuza and how they, they, there's tolerance and they have to work because of Japanese culture and what the Yakuza does and how they do things. There's kind of a push and pull between the authorities and the Japanese underworld that I was unaware of that, that I thought that the book did a really interesting job of portraying. And that was one of the things I think the author of the book, because the book is actually about his, he was on the, he was a reporter, you know, a Western reporter in, in, in Japan. And it was, I was fascinated by it. So I am deliriously, I mean, I, my dream is to go to Japan. I've wanted to go to Japan my whole life. I almost went in 2010 when the space battleship Yamato live action movie came out and didn't go. So I am deliriously excited for this show. And because I read the book, too, uh, and Michael Mann's making it. I mean, everything about this show ticks all of little Bobby Burnett's boxes. So I really hope that it's great. But like you, I I thought that Ansel Elgort seemed a little, let's call him flat. I'm, I'm rooting for him. I am. Because I, too, like Baby Driver. But th- this show, John, it's at the top of my list of things to watch. I can't wait for this. I, mean, I read this book, what, 10 years ago? Maybe? Uh, even longer? I can't wait. And by the way, please I should be good. point out. Please, please be good. Well, I should point out, it's just a trailer. Yeah. It's just a trailer. We may watch the first episode, and Anson El- Elgort may come across as fabulous in the show. Yeah. And I hope, I, I'll be, like you said, I'll be cheering for Ansel. I, I, I hope he's great in this. I'm just saying right now, like what I'm seeing looks kind of like, by the way, uh, our friend, Kaori Takei, um, she is always going to and always trying to get Anime to go to Japan with her. And so is Seoul. All Seoul, goes to Japan. Seoul's sir. always trying to get us to go to Japan. I mean, so one of these days I got to get out there too. Dude, anyway, can we go and, and but we need hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy action figures, diecast robots, and shipping. So we can I mean, ship shipping it, it all back is going to be the real because you can get it cheaper over can there. We do that, bringing an extra suitcase just for that. Dude, I just want to go. You have to. I want to go to the Gundam factory. I want to see where they make Gunpla. I want to go to Hobby Link Japan's warehouse. Yeah, I want to go to Toho Studios. I want to see the full-size gun. No, come on, man. Chris, you had a chance to watch the Tokyo Vice trailer. Uh, what did you think of it? Well, I'm very excited that the book has the little Bobby Burnett seal of approval because I was going to pick it up, and I have the same reading taste as you, so I'm very excited about this. Uh, the trailer looks great. This lovely neon-soaked version of Tokyo is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. And it's set in the 90s, is it not? The show is the show. Uh, I think the it 90s. is. Yeah. Okay. That's the, by Perfect. the way, you know what would be even better? What? If Han is in this. <gasps> oh, You'd be geez, so happy. All I know is that we need justice for him and nothing else. I have no <laughs> other concepts. Um, I love Ken. I'm really excited about this. I, I really love shows about investigative journalists. I think they're always super, super intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, having the Yakuza in there too is super fun. I'm really excited. Ken's always magnificent. My issue with Ansel is that he just seems young. For this mm, role yeah I don't, I don't know if he uh, he feels flat to me it's just you know, he was born in 1994 like he he's a young fella and he plays younger typically too but maybe this is him coming into his age really like maybe this is going to show us a young hungry reporter who's willing to kind of uh get 
get his hands dirty and and really climb through this underbelly and see what's going on. So maybe I'll have a, a different opinion once I see it. But that was the only takeaway I had on his casting was just, but he's baby. <laughs> but yeah, but, but he, but he's baby. So maybe once I'm watching, I'll be like, oh no, he seems like he has the chops and the the education to be pulling off this kind of role. So for those of you who want to know a little bit more uh, about it, this comes to us from IndieWire. A TV adaptation of Jake Alstein's 2009 nonfiction book, Tokyo Vice, an American reporter on the police beat in Japan, that's a long title, has been in the mix for a decade. The memoir, a recounting of Alderstein's, I hope I'm saying that, uh, Alderstein's, uh, years living in Tokyo as the first non-Japanese reporter working for one of Japan's largest newspapers, originally inspired a project that would have seen Daniel Radcliffe facing off against the Yakuza in the form of a feature film. Give me that. <laughs> now, now I'm mad. Now, in the hands of playwright J.T. Rogers, HBO Films Oslo, the series stars Ansel Elgort in the role of Adelstein. The 10-part series finds Elgort's character embedding himself within the Tokyo Vice Police Squad to expose corruption. The HBO Max original drops on April 7th with subsequent episodes each Thursday watch the trailer below and of course we're not going to do that but coming out soon and i'm going to have it on my one i like the trailer overall and i hope ansel works out great for it anyway guys question is for you did you have a chance to see this trailer for tokyo vice if so what did you think about it whatever your thoughts are jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there all right guys with that down let's get into main topic number four chris what is our fourth main topic today Fourth topic is coming from Trevor. Did Will Smith just drop that his son is going to be Miles Morales? <laughs> I know there's been some talk for a while that Jaden could be a live action Miles, but I honestly never really paid much attention to those rumors. But what, what with what Will Smith just said, it's kind of hard to ignore that it could be possible. If it is, I don't know how I feel about it. What do you think? Is Jaden Smith our new Miles Morales? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in Trevor. Look, for a long time now, there's been a lot of talk about when are we going to get a live-action Miles Morales, right? And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, to me, is probably, is definitely in the top two best Spider-Man movies. It's either Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse or Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Those, those are, to me, no doubt, the two best Spider-Man movies. Um, and that Into the Spider-Verse thing was such an introduction for a lot of people to Miles Morales. And I love the character. But... In the conversations about a live-action Miles, I've really felt that they weren't going to do a live-action Miles, at least for a while. At least for a while. Sony is very, very happy with what they've got going in the animation world. It won them an Academy Award. It was really successful. And now, what's it called? Across the Spider-Verse? Spider-Man yeah. Across the Spider-Verse? The sequel's coming out, and everybody's stoked about it. I'm dying to see it. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was my third favorite movie of 2018, only behind... A Quiet Place and Black Klansman. And yes, that means I had it ahead of Black Panther and I had it ahead of Infinity War. That's how good I think this movie is. <laughs> Not everybody agrees and that's fine, but I don't care. That's how good I thought this movie was. But I never really thought they would do a live action Miles Morales anytime soon. Despite that, rumors have persisted that they are going to look at that. Now, I've heard nothing definitive from any reliable source that says that, but the rumors do persist. Then a while ago, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son, who, by the way, I thought was all kind of fantastic in that in his Karate Kid remake. Boo all you want. I thought he was really good in that. 
he put out a social media post with him wearing a Spider-Man mask that got a lot of people kind of talking. There have been whispers about that since. But now Will Smith himself, the Fresh Prince, has thrown some gasoline on that fire. Academy Award nominee. Academy, multi-time Academy Award nominee, Will Smith, has thrown some gas on that fire. And this is what we got. This comes to CBR who read the following. Will Smith fueled rumors that his son, actor Jaden Smith, who's now 23 years old, by the way, everybody, uh, is in talks for a major role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My son, wrote Smith, is preparing himself physically and mentally to get a place as one of the characters who will make history for the first time in the saga of a movie that many already know and ask for, Smith said in a statement reported by Pop Time. Earlier this year, Jaden Smith encouraged rumors that he was being considered for a Marvel role by sharing a photo of himself in a movie-accurate Spider-Man mask. The photo was shared just days after the Scooper account, My Time to Shine Hello, tweeted that Marvel had indeed had talks with Jaden Smith for no less than that role. So that's been out there. Now, if you want to add a little bit more fuel onto that fire, there are a couple of other things anecdotally to take into consideration about if this could be true, okay? And that's this. Listen to this. Again, this comes to us from CBR. Let me see if I can zoom in on this a bit more. Prior to No Way Home's release in theaters, Tom Holland stated that he would like to see another character take on the Spider-Man mantle, saying in November of 2021, maybe what's best for Spider-Man is that they do a Miles Morales film. However... Uh, when or how Miles Morales may make his live-action appearance remains unconfirmed by Marvel Studios, and Smith could play any number of major Marvel characters as the MCU moves further into Phase Four. But then, get this: Marvel has also, or Tom Holland has also been open about his desire to make room for another Spider People to join the MCU. I don't want to say goodbye to Spider-Man, but I feel like we might be ready to say goodbye to Spider-Man, Holland said in a December 2021 issue. I don't want to be responsible for holding back the next young person that comes in who deserves deserves it just as much. I would love to see a future Spider-Man that's more diverse. Maybe you have Spider-Gwen or a Spider-Woman. We've had three Spider-Mans in a row. We've all been the same. It'd be nice to see something different. There is an argument to be made that if Jaden Smith is indeed going to be a live-action Miles Morales, which, let's be clear, has been confirmed by... Hold a second. I want to get his name right. Nobody. If that has been confirmed by nobody, all right? But if you want to put on the tinfoil hat, if what Will Smith right now is building up is indeed Jaden Smith being Miles Morales, it could be, could be, that this has been set in stone for five, six months, and that when Tom Holland was making those statements prior to Spider-Man No Way Home coming out that everybody talked about, theoretically, it could have been in relation to Jaden Smith becoming Miles Morales. What do I think about this? All right. I'm still of the mind that I still don't see Sony doing a live-action Miles Morales yet. They're just having so much success with him in the animated in the animated realm. So I still kind of feel like it's not going to happen. But while all this is purely anecdotal, for sure, and nothing solid or concrete, 
I must confess that when you line up all these pieces of information together, it is conceivable. It is, in the words of Star Wars, it is possible, however unlikely, that this is conceivable that could be do that could be done there. And listen, I would also say this: if it did turn out to be true, I would caution anybody from just instantly rejecting the notion of it being Jaden Smith. For the same reasons that I think people should have been cautious about instantly rejecting the idea of Robert Pattinson playing Batman. I think Jaden Smith has had room to improve and grow. And it's been a couple of years and he started turning in some interesting things. Too many people still look at him as just Will Smith's kid. And while he has not truly proved himself yet, could be worth giving a shot to him. So again, I don't think it's happening, but I think there's enough there that I don't think you're crazy if you do believe it's happening. And if it is Jaden Smith, I say we give him a shot and let's see what he can do. So I don't know, Rob, listen, there's a lot to take in here with this whole thing. So what do you think? What do you think about Will Smith's comments? Do you think he could be Miles Morales? Do you think they're going to do live action Miles Morales? If so, is he good? I mean, a lot to unpack here. What do you think? Ooh, well, you know, there. it would not surprise me in this day and age, John, if a movie called Across the Spider-Verse ends with a live action miles morales whether it's in a post credit scene or whatever because it is after all across the spider-verse the multiverse is big now and if only will smith had ever had a long-standing relationship with sony in say another <laughs> franchise property that they did you never know because if there was a live action miles morales movie and jaden smith did play miles morales I'll bet you dollars to donuts, perhaps his own father would appear in that film as his father. That is a package that's worth investing lots of money into, not just a Spider-Man movie. I think Miles Morales being played by Jaden Smith is a great idea. And like you said, he was really good in The Karate Kid. Sure, has he been wacky in his personal life? Yeah, but what kid isn't? Especially what kid who grows up in the in the, in the the shadow of, of someone like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, I mean, Hollywood royalty. But I, I like this idea. I, I mean, I think, a, a, what, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Sundown, Sundown made a comment, and I just said it in my head. He's like, karate boy? <laughs> karate kid? Karate boy? Karate kid reboot boy? <laughs> I would call him After Earth. Was it After Earth? Yeah. 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 I like that movie. Sh sue me. <laughs> All my credibility might have gone out the window, but, you know, that was a Sham Hammer exclusive. Uh, no, but I, I, I think it could happen. I think it makes a lot of sense from a number of different, different levels. Um, no, I don't necessarily think Across the Spider-Verse would end with him playing a lot, but maybe he's even in Across the Spider-Verse playing a live action Miles Morales. That could be it too. I wouldn't put it past him. If we think there's going to be an animated sequence in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, why not a live action sequence in the middle of, in the middle of Across the Spider-Verse that he's actually going to play Miles Morales in? The one thing I would disagree with you on is what? that- yeah, the once, the only time ever in our long-standing relationship that I will disagree with you here <laughs> is that I do not think it would be a good idea to have Will Smith in this because for so long, every, the perception, fair or unfair, the perception was Jane Smith only gets to be in movies if daddy makes it happen. Sure, sure. And, and, and it is true that there were reports that there were certain things Will Smith turned down because... And we won't name the movie specifically, but it says, unless my kid gets to be in it too, I'm not going to do it. And 
then that's one of the things that really hung over after Earth as well. And I think if 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 you're going to get Jaden Smith to be a Miles Morales, you gotta separate him from Will. I, I think I think it almost becomes imperative that he would have to not have Will Smith involved. I, I that. mean, that could be. I mean, I don't think that. But I'm just saying from a from a studio point of view it's an attractive package mm. I, you're not wrong you're not well anything with will smith is an attractive package let's be honest about that chris mm-hmm. that's what his wife said that's a there's a lot here to unpack mm-hmm. i mean uh, what do you think about this whole thing could it be real if it was is Jaden the right guy to do it uh, is this pure fantasy what do you think I mean, it definitely could be real. I mean, anyone could be playing this part right. anyone <laughs> can wear the mask that's the whole point um I do not think this is the best casting if this is the way we're going. And if he is preparing for the role and taking it on and getting ready for it, good for him. And I will obviously root for him and wait to see what he brings to the table. Um, That said, if we are going to stick to the, like, across the Spider-Verse version, get Shameik in there. He's only 25. And and I know that sounds older than Miles, but you got to remember, right? Actors are constantly playing younger than they are. Usually most people look younger than they are. Yeah, Tom Holland's in his mid-20s. Exactly. So I think that would work. Um, but also, I, it's really important that Miles is also Puerto Rican. He's not, he's, he's black and Puerto Rican. So I think getting an Afro-Latino actor in there is really important. And I agree with a bunch of the people in the chat here. Who I really want is Miles Brown, the kid who played Jack on uh, Blackish. Yeah. Oh, I wow. think he'd be great. That's great I think casting. he'd be wonderful. He's got a great dance background, too. So he's really great at movement. He's a wonderful actor. Um, and he is black, uh, Mexican, and uh, Filipino. And I think he would bring a really, really fun uh, energy to this, too, because he's just, he's got yeah. this like 100 watt smile. He's so fun and You're charming. asking for trouble bringing Filipinos into anything. So I'm just going to say, you're, you're just asking for nightmares and headaches. I or think it's just going <laughs> to take I, my word for it. I think it's really important that that aspect of Miles, though, is represented. And I feel like Marvel's going to include that in their search. So, and again, chat, we're on the same page today. I love this idea of Jaden or someone else coming in for static shock. I think something like that. See, that was another rumor that, that was going around for DCU a while. Remember that? Really cool. I, w- I love that character. Yeah. I love the Milestone universe. Mm-hmm. I would love to see a live action static. I think that'd be really cool. Well, they, they, well I mean, Michael, Michael B. Jordan's been working on something with, uh, yeah. about that for a while. I mean, and, and Jane Smith was another name that was attached to it mm-hmm. for a while. So I don't know. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? I don't personally think this is happening, but there's enough there that I get it, that it's worth the discussion. Do you think, number one, they could be doing a live-action Miles already? And number two, do you think it could be Jaden Smith? If so, what do you guys think about it? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to the Rob Orgasm part of the show, shall we? And move into topic number five. Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? Just gonna get a poncho on and stay <laughs> fresh. <laughs> Saturn. <laughs> Let's get some riot mask in here. Oh God! Come on. Hi, John. Longtime viewer and love everything you, Rob, Chris, and Ray bring to the show every day. Especially today. <laughs> The first social media reactions for Moon Knight have come out and the praise seems quite high. The one comment I keep seeing repeated is how it's unlike anything from the MCU. Wondering if you've seen the reactions and what your thoughts are. Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, listen, we are in the the, the final stretch now. Two We're weeks. two weeks away 
from Moon Knight two coming weeks. out. And by the way, that new thirty second spot that came out the other day Dude. was really Ooh, good. So fun. That whole conversation with his own reflection, like his own reflection, saying, "Okay, you weren't supposed to see this." I'm like, "Okay, this is pretty." Fun. You know, what it reminded me of. I'm forgetting the guy's name uh, from True Romance. Um, the actor's name from Clarence from, Worley is the name of the character, but it's Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Hey, Christian Slater. I was like you, Clarence. Had a TV show that I believe only ran one season. I think it was called My Own Worst Enemy. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was called, where he would wake up as a totally different person, and his alternate personality was actually a top-secret government agent, and mm. this other personality of his had no idea about the existence of the other one, but the agent part does, and then eventually the, the other one finds out by the other, and they start to have to find ways to communicate. It was actually really fascinating, but it only lasted one season. Huh. So this scene in this Moon Knight spot gave me some... A little bit of uh, some tones of that, which I thought was really interesting. At any rate, shows come out in two weeks and our very first reactions from some people who have seen the first four episodes have now come out. And phrases like astonishing are being used. Exquisite was a phrase that was used. And some people calling it the best thing that Marvel has ever done. Again, these are individuals Still, it's good to hear that sort of thing. These are some of the reactions that we've got coming out right now. Uh, from a University Film Review, Moon Knight is, fan is a fantastic and Oscar Isaac is exceptional as the tormented Mark Spector. This is the Marvel show everyone is going to be talking about. Completely bonkers that leads with a haunting adventure. Marvel Studios has knocked it out of the park with its best show yet. I'm going to get back to David here in a second, but we'll go on to what's on Disney Plus rights. Uh, I've watched the first four episodes of Marvel's Moon Knight, and it's unlike anything we've seen in the MCU. Oscar Isaac is fantastic. I can't wait to watch the rest of the series. This isn't your typical superhero origin. It's excellent. It arrives on Disney Plus on March 30th. Uh, then from T Thomas writes, I've watched the first four episodes of Moon Knight. It is unlike anything. We've heard that a lot here. It's unlike anything you've seen before from the MCU. It's a psychological thriller with a touch of Indiana Jones. It kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time, and Oscar Isaac delivers a mesmerizing performance. Uh, Tom Power writes, Full thoughts to come in my Moon Knight review when very soon, but I will say this. It's unlike anything you've seen from Marvel before. I'd go so far as to say, and I don't say this lightly, it's the best MCU TV show ever. Uh, Sab writes, Moon Knight is brilliantly bonkers, dark globe-trotting adventure. Uh, this is Marvel's trippy national treasure. I like that. This is Marvel's trippy national treasure. Oscar Isaac is the best addition to the MCU since Robert Downey Jr. Entwining torment and humor into a morally ambiguous cipher. Mark Spector is a whole new caliber of hero. Uh, Streamer Mo writes, a huge thank you to Disney Plus UK uh, for letting me watch the first four episodes of Moon Knight. I obviously won't post spoilers here. If you uh, if you want my reaction, the best Marvel Studios project I've ever seen. Uh, more reactions to come. And that's basically the common refrain we're hearing. Now, there, the reason I wanted to come back to the one, because there is one that's a little bit mixed. And I wanted to save this one for last. David Opie writes the following. He says, I watched the first four Moon Knight episodes, and I'm as divided by this show as Mark himself. When it works, it's a wildly original MCU entry with flashes of greatness. But some of the sillier aspects detract from the horror. Diehard comic fans might not enjoy it as much as newcomers. 
Now, granted, this is one guy's opinion, as every, all the other opinions we just read were original, just singular opinions. But still, you know, when the first reactions are coming out, you're hoping, if you're looking forward to the project, you're hoping to hear good things. I mean, you never know. We've seen lukewarm first reactions to films that we ended up thinking were great. We've seen some great reactions to things that we thought maybe weren't so great. But I feel very safe in saying 80 to 90% of the time, the first reactions that come out usually generally fall within the ballpark of what most of us then later on think. So you want to hear something good. This is clearly extremely good what we're hearing. But again, just that one guy's take, and I, and I really shouldn't let one guy, just one singular guy's opinion sway too much, but it makes all this glory and all this marvelous stuff. The one guy writes, diehard comic fans might not enjoy it as much as newcomers. And Rob, I got to admit, my, at first I felt a great deal of fear for you. I felt great concern for you and your mental well-being here, being the most diehard of the comic fans of Moon Knight I've ever met or heard. But let me ask you, not just the one opinion here, but what do you think about the overall impressions we've been hearing? Some people calling it, I still love the trippy national treasure, best MCU project ever, best MCU TV show ever. Everybody's saying, again, like like Ms. Marvel, it's completely unique that we've seen. What are your thoughts about the first reactions we're hearing to Moon Knight? Well, first of all, when somebody says fans of the comic will be disappointed, there's been so many different iterations of this character. When I fell in love with Moon Knight in the early 80s with the Sienkiewicz Mench run, he was very much a Batman clone for the most part. Um, but he had he didn't have multiple personality disorder yet. That was something that came about because he had multiple secret identities. He was Stephen Grant. He was Jake Lockley. He was Moon Knight. He was Mark Spector. So that was fascinating. But then as they really leaned into his mental illness and what they did starting in, with the Mr. Knight iteration in 2014, and there's been very different iterations of Moon Knight. I've kind of liked aspects of all of them. So when somebody says, well, people, fans of the comic, like that's somebody who's never read the comic because they would have said this is based on this particular iteration. So I, that doesn't worry me. All the rest of these things sound really intriguing. And I'm, I'm really excited for the show and to hear the, the, that it's original, that it's fascinating to people, that they think it's like nothing else Marvel has done, which means it's not like any other superhero property in general. No one's saying, well, this is just the MCU's knockoff Batman character. No one's saying that. So I'm very excited. I, I think from what we've seen in the trailers and like you said, that new 30 second spot that dropped, John, my excitement level for this, keep your ponchos on. Okay. And that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. My, my excitement level is, is still, it's 45 degrees about to blow. That's all I can say. <laughs> Chris is getting herself, is getting herself prepared. Chris, you had a chance. You, you're hearing these reactions. I know you yourself are also looking forward to this show. Yeah. Uh, we've seen the, the promo spots, the trailers, we obviously all love, you know, the casting and everything too. But now we're hearing some real-world reactions to it. What are your thoughts to it? Oh man, I'm more hyped. I'm so excited about this. I'm really, really glad this is getting, for the most part, this really, really exciting, well-received response. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm pumped for this show. I just think that, yeah, it does look like such a weird kind of outlier of the MCU. It looks like something we haven't seen before. And that's what I want. We touched on superhero fatigue before, right? 
this I think is going to be such a wonderful palate cleanser. I yeah. think this is going to be such a fresh take on this character. And like you said, Rob, too, there have been so many versions of this character. It's going to be really interesting to see what they've taken from the comics, how they've kind of cherry picked what they like and put it into this character. And I know, too, there's been so much research and discussion with people in the mental health community to make sure that the disassociative disorder on here is shown in a proper way. Um, and I think that is another really compelling thing about this character too. So I am just, I'm really excited to watch it. And also you've got a world-class actor. Absolutely. I think one of the, one of the great actors working today. I mean, I think about Oscar Isaac and roles in things like a most violent year or mm -hmm. as inside Lewin Davis. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Oscar Isaac. Oh, he's amazing. And, and to have him take on this role, leads me to believe that it had to have been a pretty special role because I don't think he'd want a repeat of playing Apocalypse, even though I thought he was great as Apocalypse. <laughs> uh, by the way, you mentioned before a, a comment and a refrain we heard a lot of in the early days of when they announced they were doing Moon Knight, which was he's a poor man's Batman. Which, by the way, is the exact criticism I made about Iron Man before the first Iron Man movie came <laughs> out. Just, just saying, I did. I'll call myself out on that. Uh, totally feel differently now. But here's the funny thing. Once the trailer started coming out and we started seeing this version, I don't hear anybody saying that now. No. I mean, there is, when, if you watch the trailers, like if you have not read the comic books, and let's face it, 95% of people have not read the comic Hell, 98% of people have never read the comic book. But if you have not read the comic book and all your exposure to Moon Knight has been has been these trailers, there is nothing in it that remotely resembles Batman. So I just thought it was kind of interesting, Rob, that we heard those comparisons made initially when the announcements were made. But as more stuff starts trickling out, you don't you don't hear it anymore. Just like you don't hear Twilight, boy. You don't hear that anymore. It's like, nope, no more comparisons to that coming out. And I think that's going to work in his favor. What do you think people are going to walk away Knowing the, the comic book character as well as you do, and then seeing that juxtaposed against the trailers and the marketing we've seen, what do you think people's impressions of this Moon Knight are going to be after we see this? To be honest, I don't really know, because what I'm curious about is obviously whether Moon Knight remembers that he's Moon Knight, like his disassociative disorder leads him. Like I, I would imagine he has, like you were saying, a dual life. Like he doesn't even remember. There's that scene where he's in the, the, the cab of the truck and he's looking at this gun, like where did this gun come from? Like this new personality just took over. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm really curious about is the actual Moon Knight of it all. Like we're seeing that Stephen Grant is this person, but does Moon Knight play a big role, the Moon Knight hero persona, or or what is that? And I, I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with it, because it looks to me from this show that maybe Moon Knight isn't in it a lot, like the costumed Moon Knight. Is there even a costume? You know, we see that it maybe it's in his mind that he has wow. this costume on. And oh. I don't know, because the way when you see it, we've never seen him really at least we've seen as the costume is forming around him is that in his head RMB, you're blowing my mind <laughs> what? i don't know that's so I, I i honestly don't i have no sense of it yet john that's great but it sounds i mean to me i'm excited for whether it's in his mind or not whether he actually dons the suit for real or not i even like the idea that that it's he's a mummy you know, a lot of people, oh, it's with this mummy outfit. I'm like, well, Kanshu. I, I know. That's why I'm like, that's 
pretty cool. And like in the in the first the first time when they rebooted the show, he he had an onk on his chest, right. you know, a reboot of the show. One of the reboots yes. of the comics when they renumbered it at number one. I didn't particularly like that iteration of the character, but I thought it was cool that they leaned into the the e- Egyptology of it all. So. And then Conchu became a god, whatever. The, now he's an entity for real. And there's so much that's changed. So I, I don't know, man. All I know is. I'll tell you one thing I really want to see, I'm though. Excited. Especially after that poster image came out mm-hmm. with like Moon Knight in the foreground and then half opaque in the background on one side, Mark, and on the other side, Mr. Right. Knight. That scene we got in that spot where he's talking to his own reflection. If you can give us a scene where Moon Knight, Mr. Knight, and Mark are having a conversation amongst the three of them together, I'm probably going to lose my shit. Like, yeah. I, w- I will lose my mind. That'd I be mean, awesome. You know, I think the greatest example is is Gollum talking to Smeagol. Right. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, and, and, and Great that, example. You know, that that kind of a thing. And, and you can't not look at that scene and not think that that, not just because of Andy Serkis's performance, but the way it was done. And I think that somebody probably looked at that and said, there's our show. You know, what if we expanded that to an entire six-episode superhero series? I'm I, I in. Mean, God, guys, I mean, just think about this. What we have coming up so soon, we've got Halo, we've got Moon Knight, we got Morbius, we've got Obi-Wan coming soon, we've got Trek Strange Marvel, New Worlds. we got Strange New Worlds, we've got, I mean, there's just a whole lot of stuff coming down the Doctor way. Strange. I mean, it's just... It's, it's, Top it's, Gun. Listen, it just feels like I was talking about this on Mailbag last night. But when you look at the movie lineup for April, which is impressive, I feel for the first time in over two years, like from an entertainment point of view and only from an entertainment box point of view. Okay, I'm not talking wide life perspective. It feels like everything's getting back to normal. And I feel like we're we're getting this lineup of, of all this content that we're excited about coming down. But anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about the first reactions we're hearing from Moon Knight? I think they are very encouraging. I mean, they're not the be all end all. We'll, we'll see what happens, but it's better to hear great things coming out of it than bad things. And these are pretty good indeed. How are you guys feeling about it? Where's your anticipation level for Moonlight right now? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump into the comment section below and leave us your thoughts. All right, guys. With all that down, let's head in and start taking your live comments and questions, shall we? Chris, what do we got lined up here? Wow, I don't have the right stuff up at all. Like, not even a little bit. Let's get... You know uh, what? You tried. I tried. I I tried so hard. Okay, what do we got up first? We're starting with Andy. One of three. Have y'all seen the concept art of Ben Affleck's new Batsuit for his scrapped Batman film that was released yesterday? It's so beautiful, but also very frustrating at the same time. It's like somehow receiving nudes of your super hot ex. You're looking at all and extremely admiring what's on your phone and maybe grabbing the lotion and tissues. But then you're in the fetal position on your bed and crying and asking yourself why it couldn't work out. Well, Andy, that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, um, I look, I think. Lord. Was that really about the bat suit? Yeah, was I, I feel like you're trying Are you okay? I think you're just trying to work was through it? some stuff on your own. I but 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 honestly, dude, look, I look back, I remember when it first became like when I first broke the news that Ben Affleck was no longer gonna be Batman. I would often look back at 
like that Deathstroke test footage he put out. Remember that? Like he actually put out this test footage he shot with Joe Manganiello in the Deathstroke outfit. And we're all like, oh, like we were all so excited or dare I say, squee, like we were all super, super pumped to see that. And then we started hearing things about this could be the best Batman script of all time. And I, I was dying to see that. And then it didn't happen. So look, I, I have not seen these concept sketches. I mean, a Batman suit's a Batman suit. I, I'll be honest. I know that's not the popular thing. I don't get too revved up terribly much either way about a, a costume. Dude. But but I'm sure it looked great. I'm sure Ben was going to look great in it. And yes, there is not a day that my movie love and life goes by that I don't lament that we didn't get to see that Ben Affleck Batman. Did, you, did any of you guys see the sketches he's talking no. about? Mm -hmm. You did see them. What did you think? I, too, want to crawl up on my bed and... Get in a fetal position. No, it's it's a I thought it was a beautiful suit. There's a little bit you can see a little of the Pattinson suit in it, but it is a gorgeous, gorgeous suit. And the first thing I thought of is that, damn it, I would really have loved to have had a hot toy of this because it is a gorgeous suit. And the idea, <laughs> look, I still think the idea of doing a Deathstroke, uh, 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 Slade Wilson versus Bruce Wayne Batman movie is a great way to go. Because Slade Wilson, Deathstroke the Terminator, is basically Bruce Wayne's mirror image or Batman's mirror image. And uh, I would love to see that, John. Please bring that movie to me someday. I mean, look, we're we're going to get at least a little taste because, you know, Ben, ben is going to be making an appearance in The Flash, which is awesome. But I wonder if that little taste is just going to make me, you know, lament even more. It's like, oh, what what could have been? I don't know. All right. What's next? All right, from Out of Time, 1985. John, when do you think Thor Love and Thunder trailer will drop? The movie is a little over four months out, and besides some leak stuff, nothing. Um, again, I don't think four months is much time. I, I, I Look, I know there was an era when movies were putting out trailers a year before they came out, but that was stupid, and it was a waste <laughs> of money, and it never accomplished anything, and it was pointless. Now studios are wising up and they're realizing, oh yeah, there's no point in dropping trailers eight months in advance. Sometimes they do it anyway just for fun and, and they get a little bit of pop and that's great. With Thor, Love and Thunder, I think three months is good. But remember, they are trying to keep some focus here on Doctor Strange 2. We are getting closer. Like even for me, once you get to four months, now you're getting in that range that we can see anything drop. And what's the actual release date of Doctor Strange again? May 4th? May 4th. Six, I think. Yeah. May six. Yeah. I think we will see it before Doctor Strange. Oh, well, we got Moon Knight. I mean, that, that you think they might. Moon Knight's a possibility. They could air that with uh, Moon Knight on Disney Plus. Um, I if I had to go out on a limb right now, I'd say sometime mid-April. I'm thinking mid-April. We might look. I I might even say this. I wouldn't be shocked if we got it with Morbius. I wouldn't be shocked if we if we got with Morbius. John, it's a different studio. I know, but you often see trailers, often, often, often see trailers from other studios. It's whether or not the studio thinks that's a, the audience that's going to go see that movie would be a good audience for our movie, too. Let's put a trailer in front I of it. I think that's yeah. probably our best bet. That makes sense. I would, uh, oh, that April. Something to get excited about for Morbius. Yeah, yeah. I'm already excited for Morbius, yeah, so right. maybe Morbius. April 1st. April 1st. Or March 31st is when I'm, I'm going to see it. But anyway, all right, what's next? From Suthius, I was starting to wonder if Disney Plus would have two or more premium shows running simultaneously. 
Well, now we'll get that with Obi-Wan and Ms. Marvel. And listen, it's exciting to me because... Now, look, if you're only going to have enough shows, if you're going to have a limited number of premium shows, stretch them out so we always have weeks where there's a new show. I've been going through a little bit of withdrawal after having the goodness of being able to watch Boba Fett, although I had mixed feelings on Boba Fett, but still, watching Boba Fett and Peacemaker, I mean, that was great. And now we've gone through a number of weeks where it's like, well, where's my where's my new big show episodes releasing, right? But this might tell us that Disney going into 2023 and maybe 2024, maybe they're going to start making more premium shows that will necessitate some overlapping. I don't know if that's true, but that's what I, I kind of hope for. I would love that. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, what's next? From Fifi, hey, John and crew. Now that we live in the era of Hollywood remaking movies, do you think we will ever see a remake of one of the greatest movies ever made, that being Lawrence of Arabia? Lawrence of Arabia is a tough one to do, man. That, that That's a tough one to do. And one of the reasons that's a tough one to do is the subject matter is not a guaranteed box office thing, right? Like, if you want to remake, I don't know, War of the Worlds, well, that can translate into blockbuster kind of filmmaking today. Does Lawrence of Arabia do that? It is one of the greatest films of all time. Um. I'm going to say yes. I think everything gets remade at some point, and for good reason. So I think they will, but I don't know that it'll be anytime soon. Rob, what do you think? Streaming series. If they're going to do it, they'll make it into a show. I I don't see it ever being remade as a film. Uh, It'll have big... Hey, listen, if they can remake Ben-Hur, I don't know that there's any reason to believe they can't remake Lawrence But was that a good idea? I guess we'll see. Well, the movie didn't turn out to be good. I mean, that was the problem. I think Ben-Hur, if you made a good movie, I mean, it always comes down to that, doesn't it? If you can make a good movie. And Ben-Hur was a remake. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. Ben-Hur, the the great classic, was a remake of a film, of a silent film that came much, much, much earlier. A lot Mm -hmm. of people people remember that. What do you think? Can we see a Lawrence of Arabia remake? Oh, absolutely. Someone's going to think that they're the one who can do that. Someone's going to take it on. They're All wrong. Right. <laughs> What's next? Hopefully we get a Moonfall remake like in the next year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Moonfall, parentheses, not the same as last Moonfall. I just want to see the other two movies in Roland Emmerich's planned trilogy. Do you? Do you? I do. Do you, though? Do you really, really? want to see I that? I thought it left, uh, left, uh, left us with a very interesting uh, <laughs> okay, pro- okay, proposition. Okay. All right. What's next? Seconds from Disaster. I can't be a crew. Ms. Marvel trailer dropped today. Marvel continues to make things different and mix it up. This trailer really amps me up for the series. I'm telling you what, I, I thought the trailer was great. I thought it was a totally different flavor. I love the angle go- they're going with it. I could feel the inspiration in it. I it's got like excited. You're a Disney shill. <laughs> yeah, well, Come there on. you go. As am I. I. You know, I just, I got a very angry email, a couple of them last week about why are you always bashing on Disney? Why do you hate Disney so much? And, I know, no, I get those all the time. Seriously, I get these emails all the time mm-hmm. uh, on like in the same day of why are you on Warner Brothers payroll? Why you suck up to Warner Brothers so much? And then five minutes later, an email, why are you always bashing on Warner Brothers? Why do you hate bashing? Like, hey, why do you hate everything Warner Brothers? And then I get these emails. Why, like totally, like, I mean, really pissed off at me that I'm constantly bashing on you, bash on Boba Fett and you're bashing on Bob Chapek all the time and you bash on what they're doing with Disney Plus and you're always hating on Disney. And then I'll get the thing is, man, why are you always sucking up to Disney so much? Why why are you on Disney's payroll? And blah, blah. It's like, I wish these guys would get together and figure out what exactly it is I'm doing. I wish we actually me. were on the payrolls of all the studios. To be I mean, I, nice. I have been Trying. on the payroll of a studio once. <laughs> I was t- twice. I was on the payroll 
of Lionsgate. Uh, I was literally on their payroll because I was doing uh, film. But you HQ. made a show. You actually yeah, made a show. I made a show for them ahead. that they financed, and I was quite frankly and literally, I was literally on the payroll of Lionsgate. Then, it, whenever a Lionsgate movie or project would come up, I always had to give the preface. I say, guys, just so you know, I am paid by Lionsgate. Just so you know, and then I'd go on to trash whatever Lionsgate movie it was <laughs> that they were talking about. But uh, that was fun initially. But listen, no, seriously. This trailer is fantastic. Yeah. I, I think it's really fun. I think it captures something that the that the Marvel films have not captured yet, and that's going to become increasingly more difficult to do. So yeah, I'm looking forward Plus, to it. Plus, you know what else? You know what the trailer actually had? There's an element when you're a kid of wish fulfillment wanting to become a superhero. And that's a big part of this character as written in the comics. And it looked that it really captured that in this trailer. And I like that. I've always loved those stories. Yeah, I think it looked. You know what? It's also got a little bit of the last Starfighter vibe to it. Yep. Yeah. Which again, you know what I think of the last. I love the last Starfighter. All right, what's next? Uh, from Suthius. Be interesting to see where her bracelet came from. Uh, I couldn't help but wonder if there was a connection to the Ten Rings. I, I know they don't know where those came from either. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We don't know where those came from. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I saw anything definitively that connected nope, them at all. I but, just, I just wondered a little bit. Yeah. All right, what's next? Seconds from disaster. One of two. Two weeks till game day. Game day. Game day. I'm from Connecticut, so I have to wait till the next day to see Moon Knight. Uh, how sto? Or maybe not Connecticut. What's CT? Central Standard Central Time. Central Standard Time. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, how stoked are you for this series? And what do you think? They will cover in the first couple episodes. The first time I saw him was in a Spider-Man comic when I was 13, so I'm really looking forward to Moon Knight. Okay, the, the real simple answer to yours is I have no effing idea what to expect in the first couple episodes. Me neither. We have no idea even what this iteration of Moon Knight's going to be like. I have no concept of the story. I know Handsome Hawk is the villain to some degree. We know Khonshu is in there, Handsome at least a version. Handsome I mean, well, Hawk. Maybe he's the Sun King. We don't know. Um, so... Kuda, anybody in the live chat know what that is a reference to when I say Handsome Hawk? If you guys know what the reference is to in the live chat, I will give you a shout out and give you kudos. But um, other than that, I have no idea. Like, not the slightest clue. And that's, I mean, look, we're, we're getting at the, the idea, the understanding that the story is the character himself. The character is the story. But beyond that, the context of the narrative he's in, no clue. Rob, are you expecting anything in particular? I, again, I, I, I'm as uh, I'm very excited. You know, my excitement level. I've stated it many times on this show today, but I have no idea, John. To be honest, how is this show going to start? You know, is he going to be a mercenary in Africa? You know, and get sold out by Bushmen like in the comic? I don't know. No idea. By the way, a lot of you guys in the live chat knew exactly what I was referring to—the Jimmy Kimmel Oscar thing about the Handsome Club, Men's Handsome Club. And uh, at the meeting of the Handsome Club, Ethan Hawke tabled a, a request saying, I'd like to officially change my name to Handsome Hawke. And Jim Kimmel said, yes, all in favor. And everybody raised their hand, carriage. And then Ethan Hawke sits back in his chair smiling and goes, I'm Handsome Hawke. I'm Handsome Hawke. So I've, ever since then, I've referred to him as Handsome Hawke. So anyway, that's what that is about. All right, what's next? Uh, next, we've got Sam Fisher. Just realized Moon Knight is so far the only Disney Plus show with zero connections to any hero. She-Hulk to Hulk, Ms. Marvel to Captain Marvel, and Ironheart to, and Armor Wars to Iron Man. By the way, one of the early reactions that I read said, the, uh, remember, these people saw four out of the six episodes. And they said, so far, not a single reference to the wider MCU. Oh. Which is extremely exciting to me. So it'll be really interesting to see where they go with that. You're not the only one to notice that, Sam. All right, what's next? 
Uh, Chris Cutter. Oh, I think uh, it's a repeat. Oh, that is a repeat. You're yeah. right. Okay. Chris uh, Cutter, excuse me, went to say prayers for the family of Scott Hall, aka Razor mm-hmm. Ramon, who passed yesterday. He was a founding member of the NWO during the hottest period ever in pro wrestling. God bless the bad guy. Yeah, it was really sad to hear about that because I have not been keeping up with the story of Scott Hall, but I remember he was just a wreck, like barely hanging on to life. And he just had destroyed himself. And then Diamond Dallas Page and Jake Roberts kind of brought him into the fold. He started getting healthy again. I mean, if you had seen video of him from years earlier, then after that to see him walk on stage at the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony and looking like a total 180 from what he had looked like just a few previous years earlier, he was looking out there. Now, I have not kept up with what has been going on with him since, but I know he had to go in for a hip surgery and there was a complication. And apparently a blood clot got dislodged. It caused three instant heart attacks. And then he was put on life support. Then they put him off life support. But it, yeah, look, what him and Kevin Nash did when they left the WWE and went over to WCW, it changed the power structure of wrestling and created... Arguably, Ray, I don't know what you think about this, but arguably the greatest era in the history of professional wrestling, which was the Monday Night Wars. Yep. It sparked the WWE uh, Attitude Era, which a lot of people consider to be the greatest era of WWE. But that was that moment when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall went over there and Kevin Nash put out a really heartfelt message on social media the other day saying, I've now got to get myself ready for a world without Scott Hall. Because he's been his best friend for years. But yes, uh, really sad thing to hear. If you're into professional wrestling, it, it, he was a paramount, paramount figure. And inducted into the Hall of Fame twice. He was inducted in for himself as Razor Ramon. And then they inducted the whole NWO into the Hall of Fame as well a, a couple of years later. So he was actually inducted twice. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. What's next? Uh, from Jordan. Hey, John. I'm taking the LSAT in June. This test is kicking my ass. Any advice? distract yourself honestly this when you try to focus on it more the more i found the more discombobulated your head can get try to find simple distractions be calm good luck to you man it's it's, it's not it's a stressful thing man it's a really stressful thing stay calm all right what's next all right from uh seconds oh no i'll read that sam fisher, right, sam fisher surprised we are getting ms marvel on june 8th this breaks disney plus's pattern of one big show at a time but that model did seem unsustainable i mean it depended on how many shows they were going to put out if disney was going to keep being really cheap and only putting out a very small amount of premium shows per year but this might be an indicator that they're going to go beyond that and i think that's fascinating news i really do all right what's next from mickey bell uh glad maul isn't in this story the way rebels handled it was perfect yeah Mm -hmm. wouldn't say no to more of the character in another show however that's exactly how i felt mickey was i like look i'm totally open to more maul for sure but not if you're going to use them in a way that just throws cannon into the wood chipper so this was the right move mickey i completely agree the inquisitor is going to be cool and the inquisitor is going to be really cool all of them are going to be great. The Grand Inquisitor, I think that's the third sister we see. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited for it. All right, what's next? From MP, John, I like how Pro Football Focus uses science and data to make Tom Brady two twenty uh, 2021's MVP, opposed to the 50 sports writer votes, which is subjective. I mean, look, with athletics, there are things that are, statistics are objective. There's no way around that. 
But then what do the statistic refer, how do the statistics speak to the overall value of the performer? That does become a little subjective. And I get that. But to me, it is ludicrous, ludicrous that Tom Brady, who led the NFL in completions, yards, and touchdowns, all three of them, at the age of 95, or whatever, <laughs> however old he is now, he led the league in completions, he led the league in yards, and he led the league in touchdowns, and he wasn't? MVP? Uh, whatever. Hey, look, the guy's got seven rings that will keep him. That, that that'll, that'll that'll soothe him. He'll be he'll be fine. He'll cuddle up at night with his seven rings that you know he has between him and Giselle. You know, with his three perfect children and his perfect life. I mean, he'll be fine. He will be totally fine. But yeah, it is kind of ridiculous to me. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher again. Theory. I think the cuffs that seem to give Kamala her powers are connected to the Ten Rings. The style of both artifacts and energy looks similar. Uh, again, I I had that thought when, when you looked at it. I thought, could that be connected? Now, this is, if I'm not mistaken, a bit of a departure from our understanding of the character. And by the way, there was nothing in the trailer that says it's these cuffs that give her her power. Right. I know that's a little bit implied, but it may or may not be the case. But I don't know, Rob, what do you think? Could it I mean, I, to be honest, with the way the MCU is built, I like that there may be some connection. I think that's kind of interesting, however they play it. I mean, wouldn't that be cool? I think it would be kind of cool. All right, what's next? All right, another one from Sam Fisher. Also, like the trailer tells you how to pronounce Kamala. Am I, am I pronouncing it wrong? I pronounce everything wrong. Dang it, Texas schools. I think it's... I think it's... Is it um, Kamala? I think... It is Kamala? Kamala. Okay. No, I think that's what the girl calls her, mm. and then she corrects her, says Kamala. But I, I Kamala, I would have it. thought it was Kamala. I need to it be? It. I need to educate I'd have to myself. ask Anne. She knows, she knows the character inside and backwards. Mm. All right, what's next? MP, John, Rob, Chris, Ray. Imagine the Batman sequel with the same Reeves realism meets the thing like horror with Clayface. The fear raised with credulity. Credulity? Nah, I, I think it would completely break everything about what the Batman is. Bringing in supernatural elements into that world, I think, breaks that world. I think it. You know, part of the brilliance of the Batman was I, I really feel like if I go downtown one night, I might see that stuff happening. <laughs> you break that, and that's one of the special things that he did. And by the way, that's what Christopher Nolan was trying to do with his Batman films as well, and part of the reasons why they're so good. So I say keep all things supernatural completely out of the Batman. I, I mean, that's my take on it. I don't know, Rob, how you feel about I, that. No, I agree. I mean, you could do, it would be interesting to do a Batman movie that had supernatural elements, but I don't think in, in Matt Reeves' universe that would work. Yeah, I agree. All right, what's next? From Sam Fisher, Puss in Boots looks, uh, Puss in Boots like, looks trailer like the next Stardust. Puss in Boots trailer looks like the next Stardust. Um... I think there are some similarities there. I don't deny there were definitely some similarities. Okay. I could see that. All right. What's next Uh, from Daryl. Have you watched the show Bel Air or Pam and Tommy? Um, Yes to both. I was talking about it a little bit more on um, the mailbag episode last night. I was asked by a couple of times. I've watched Bel Air. Yeah. And it's pretty good. Uh, my wife Anne really likes it. I- I've only seen like three episodes, but it was pretty good. It was a really interesting transition from comedy to drama, which worked. And yes, I did finally finish Pam and Tommy. I mean, 
I look, I know there was some controversy about, well, they never asked Pam's permission to do that. They never ask these when they, these movies are made about real life events. They very, very rarely, if ever, ask people's permission to do that. I was perfectly fine with that. But I will tell you this. The result is I think Pamela Anderson is going to get more respect, more empathy, um, and more her due than she ever has in her entire life because of this series. I think watching this series made me, as somebody who appreciates that Pamela is a good Canadian kid, I think it made even me look at her with at a whole new world of empathy and respect for what she dealt with, how she dealt with it, the way that she probably kept it together better than most people would have. Mm-hmm. And so I just walked away from it thinking, yeah, Tommy Lee was a complete dick. But at the same time, man, he loved her in his own tw- in his own way. Man, he loved her. And it's like, it's like that's interesting. When you love somebody... It can change who you are, sometimes in a good way. I mean, it can, it can change you. It's like when you saw Tommy Lee in this, interacting with people, he was one guy. But, man, when he was with Pamela, it was like it brought out something totally different. So, I, again, I think the result of this show was very, very good for Pamela Anderson. I think it, I, I think it really changed perception. For, I don't know, Rob, did you ever get a chance to finish it? I haven't finished it, but I, I agree with you. I, I think that, you know, anybody can empathize with what, what went on here and and once we're so far removed from the actual incident itself and now the world has changed i mean with no privacy anymore and revenge porn and all kinds of things i think anybody who watches this realizes just how damaging something like this can be especially if you're a public figure all right what's next uh diego one of two quick shout out to rob the viceroy of vermis i always say it wrong uh master of fun and wonder duke of dope discourse educator of all things good and bad shaman of sexiness Ooh. where's the rest of this the very branch where king kong scratches his itch the epitome of male evolution love you man what Wow. Wow. Diego loves you. By the way, I, I you know what? Thank you for uh, Diego. That's I, I never thought I would be the branch that King Kong itches with. I might I, use that now. <laughs> that, that's, that's a, that's that's a, a different one. one. That's a good one. That's I like it. But thank you. I very much appreciate that. Is that all he said? There's no yeah. question? Yep, no, no question. Well, Diego, to... I want to thank you for your kind words, sir. <laughs> and supporting the channel. All right, what's next? Attack of the Mushi. Just sending some love to the beautiful Chris Carr. Oh, uh-huh. thank you, Mushi. Mushi. That's sweet. All right, what's next? Essa, this is my first time writing in. I just read the Lemire and Smallwood run of Moon Knight yep. and loved it. I love the supernatural stuff. Do you guys have any particular runs of Moon Knight you recommend? Well, yes. I mean, I always tell people to go back to the beginning. Uh, Moon Knight was a... Uh, uh, it became one of the first Marvel direct sale books, which means you could only buy it in comic book stores and it became uh, for mature readers. So there's, uh, I would suggest reading the Mensch Sienkiewicz run from issue one through issue 30. Um, and it's great. I love that run. All right. Thanks for sending that in, Essa. And thanks for writing in your first one, man. That's yeah. great. All right. What's next? Fifi again. Just saw the Batman for the fourth time. Super excited for the sequel. Hopefully not five years from now. I know everyone wants Freeze, but I think Killer Moth could totally work in this world. I'm, I, I, I confess, I don't know that I'm familiar with Killer I was Moth. say, that's not one that I know. Yeah, I was going to say, to me, I'm not that familiar Ooh, with Killer Moth either. I'm going to have to look up Killer Moth. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So I gotta say, I'm I'm not familiar with that one. But look, yeah, we've gone over before why Mister Freeze adapted the right way, and you make some changes just like they did with Riddler could work very well with that story in a, in a grounded way. I, I think it could work. I mean, Matt Reese himself said that, so. Yeah, and also, you, you know, you could see somebody hanging the moniker Mr. Freeze on a doctor doing crazy experiments to save his wife or something. I could see that happening. All right, what's next? Dad jokes. Why don't we have theaters start a movie on its scheduled start time and put previews in the middle of the movie as an intermission? It's a win-win. Except it's not because it goes back to one of the main problems with movie theaters today. If you do an intermission and intermissions came up again yesterday and I love the idea. I advocate for the idea of intermissions for movies that are like two minutes and 42 hours and 45 minutes or longer. But I advocate for a five, six or seven minute intermission. The, one of the big problems with movie going today is that they advertise the movie starts at 7, but it really doesn't start till 7.30. You paid for a showtime that's at 7 o'clock. You paid to be there. It wasn't free. And then they show you 30 minutes of ads. And that's one of the big problems. So simply moving trailers to an intermission, that doesn't solve the problem. If they only want to show two trailers... That's fine. But the problem is they don't want to show two trailers. They want to show 10. And so you cannot have an intermission break that's 20 minutes long, 25 minutes long, 30 minutes long. So the first thing they got to do is address the problem of how many. And I love trailers. I made a documentary about trailers. I love trailers. But I don't love 28 minutes of them before a movie starts. It's too much, and that's why that that solution doesn't actually work. Uh, You know, John, and this might seem a little highfalutin to say, but from an intellectual standpoint, watching too many trailers, and I've noticed this lately because I used to only go to the Arclight, and now the Arclight's been closed since I've gone back to movie theaters. I'm inundated with trailers. My mental capacity, I don't like seeing five or six or seven trailers before the movie because, to be honest, it scrambles my my brain a little bit. And when I go see a movie, I like to, the arc light would only play three trailers. And I knew from a, a mental standpoint that I was going to see three and move on. But when I've seen five or six or seven trailers and the movie finally starts, I'm like, what movie am I here to see? You know, my brain is now filled with with seven other films I want to see or, or oh I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to, and when the movie finally starts I'm not I'm not ready to watch it anymore and I don't like that all right what's next it's Tubble McShave in Sweden there was a limited time where you could sign on to HBO Max for lifetime at half cost five dollars for me will the merger with Discovery cancel this I'm gonna guess yes and 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 here's why I'm going to guess yes now if Discovery just took over ownership of HBO Max, then when you buy a property like that, or you buy an entity like that, you are also buying all obligations that come along with it. So, for example, if I was the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I had a contract for $5 million a year for the next five years, but then Rob bought the Pittsburgh Steelers, Guess what? My deal is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It doesn't matter who owns it. So Rob's got to pay me that $5 million. He, the, the, by buying the Steelers, he also bought all legal obligations that comes along with it. However, if Discovery buys HBO Max and eliminates HBO Max, 
then it becomes murky. Then it becomes a little bit cloudy because if your deal was with HBO Max and HBO Max stops operating, then your deal might be dead. So I don't know how how Discovery's going to handle that because if they if they come in and say, okay, HBO is no more, now there is HBO Discovery plus Max Supreme. That is the new thing, and then you can become a member for HBO Max Discovery Dis- Supreme plus Ultra, you know, whatever. <laughs> you can have it too, but it's a new thing. Then I don't know that they have to honor the deal. I, again, it's a very interesting question. I have a feeling they won't honor it because it's not going to be HBO Max anymore. It's going to be a new entity altogether, a merged service, a new service. So my guess is no, but don't take that to the bank. They very well could honor it. They might, but I don't think they have to. I don't know, Rob. Do you got? I think you're you're pretty. You're probably right about that. I mean, I it is a new service, and that's what they're going to say. You know, and and I, they might even have a different, I don't know, method of delivery. I, I how they're going to do that, I I don't know, but I think it's it's probably going to turn into something else. They might offer a reduced subscription for people that already have it, or something. That, see, that I think is something I could see them doing. That's something I could see them doing. But listen, this is David Zaslav. He put out Discovery Plus for four ninety nine a month. He's into giving people good value. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Great question, though, man. Let's keep our eyes on that. What's next? Out of time, 1985 again. Rob, when is your Star Wars Disney Plus show going to come on? Definitely need some Biggs Darklighter action. <laughs> you thought well, the parent controls were needed before. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> uh, it's coming. As but, it hence. But, but uh, just out of curiosity, how did you get connected to that in the first place? Like you knew somebody, right? Or something like that? Yes. Uh, a friend of mine is a, at the time, was a preeminent uh, pornographic filmmaker, director, writer. He's actually won Best Screenplay at the AVN Awards in the past, which I thought was funny. He's also a huge, he's <laughs> also a huge geek. You know, he's a huge geek, action figure, statue collector, comic collector, huge geek. And we were friends, and he just asked me to come down. He's like, you're never going to believe what is going on here. And I went down to the set, and, you know, they had an X-Wing fighter cockpit, and they had built sections of the Millennium Falcon, and they had the Rebel base. And he goes, you know, you should play a role in this movie. And I'm like, you know, I don't really have the equipment for it. He goes, no, 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 not like that. You can dress up in a Rebel flight suit, (laughs) and you can fly an X-Wing. And Kylie Ireland was the leader. She was red leader and she's a famous porn actress. And I'm like, I would be happy to fly in her squadron. And uh, that's how I became big star collector. And then they gave me, they gave me dialogue. And history was, and history was made. All right. What's next from Jay Woods. John, do you know of the movie coming out this weekend called the outfit? And if so, any thoughts? Yeah. So it's got Mark Rylance. It looks so good. Who I love. It's got Dylan O'Brien, I think, is in that. Zoe, how do you say her last name? Deutsch? Dutch? Yeah, Zoe Deutsch. Deutsch. Like how, she's um, Howard Deutsch's so, and Leah, Tom, Leah Thompson's daughter. Oh, she's oh, great. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. That's cool to know. Um, so he plays, so Mark Rylance is like a tailor, and he's trying to survive like a mob thing. I, I But I don't know much about it, but you, you're really looking for The trailer looks great. I mean, and, and Zoe Deutsch, I worked on a film. I shot some behind the scenes on a movie called The Year of Spectacular Men that she starred in with her sister who wrote the movie, and Leah Thompson directed it. 
Very interesting. All right, what's next? From MP, John, Rob, what least likely person do you think will be on the Doctor Strange Illuminati table? Loki, Black Bolt, Howard the Duck, Kermit, Mary Poppins? Yeah, I, I it's crazy how many people I've seen say Howard the Duck. And I really do not think that is going to be a thing. Um, I think Black Panther. But not the Chadwick Boseman Black Panther. Or he has the Black Panther mask on yeah. and... and we're um, good. I mean, so I, but I think Black Panther will be the one that maybe surprises people the most. Namor. You think Namor? Because if Namor is the villain in, which God I don't believe he is, I could be wrong. I totally could uh, be yeah. Wrong I don't know, that. but that would be a really cool way to introduce Namor as part of the Illuminati. All I right. want Yondu as Mary Poppins. Yondu as Mary Poppins. I would it's buy done. that. All right. What's next? All right. Next, we've got Mickey Bell. Happy 30th this year to one of my faves, A League of Their Own. Wow. Gina oh Davis, Lori Petty, Madonna, Rosie O'Donnell, Tom Hanks. Such a great casting story. There's no, no crying, crying in, in baseball. baseball. That movie's turning 30? Dear heavens. By the way, I just read this morning, this side note, that Gina Davis is getting ready to star in a new series. Yeah. Where like she's a, a lawyer that's got to work with her investigator son or something like that. I mean, Ooh. I love Gina Davis. So I'm all like, go long kiss, good night. She was in the Exorcist TV series, and she was really good. That's right. Totally forgot about that. I love right. her, Still too. cannot believe that movie's turning 30, Mickey. All right, what's next? Ride, drive, Lily. I've watched the Kenobi trailer a hundred times. <laughs> Can't wait. Nothing beats Star Wars done correctly. I pray each night Disney gets this right. I mean, look, they are in the hands of a very good director. Um, it looks really good so far. Then again... The Boba Fett trailers all looked really awesome, too, and well, we'll see what happens. But um, I've got a lot of hope. I think this looks great, and I, I don't think Ewan would have come back if he didn't think it was going to be for something solid. So, fingers crossed. All right, what's next? Casey Mack, Moon Knight is getting good reviews, but it looks like Halo isn't. But, Ray, don't let that distract you. Decide for yourself <laughs> if that series is good or not. I haven't read anything about Halo yet. Me neither. Not a yeah, thing. me either. I just saw that, I think... IGN put out one thing, but I, I didn't read it myself. All I know is that, by the way, that new trailer dropped yesterday. That trailer was awesome. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like, really, really good. So I know Ray has been very excited for Halo. You know, I'm going to try to refrain from, like, the only things I've read was what the chat has been saying, but I'm I'm not looking at any of those at all. Don't let anyone I tell be, you like, what to fresh. think, Ray. Yeah. yeah, I want to be fresh. But it's hard because I didn't realize they were going to drop reviews that early yeah I neither mean, did i this is early to me don't let anyone steal you know? your joy right don't right. let anybody yuck on your yum right exactly. harsh your mellow all right what's next from kevin joyce my moon night hype continues to grow a supernatural psychological thriller with a damaged protagonist set in the mcu always intrigued me the reviews just make it even more enticing look if so, again i said before somehow some way marvel continues to find a way to make things that are completely different from the other things that they've done and so i don't know how much longer you can keep running that track but this definitely looks like right up my alley stuff kevin you're not the only one excited about it i cannot wait for this thing to start me too all right what's next sam fisher again the hollywood reporter is saying marvel's werewolf by night halloween special will be directed by michael giacchino have you ever heard of a composer move, uh, move to directing spoke about this on the mailbag last night i have never heard of somebody who was dominantly 
known as a composer, period, that then transitioned to a director. And by the way... John Ottman. Who? John Ottman, who scored, like Brian Singer's movie, scored Kiss Kiss Bang Bang for Shane Black. He directed Urban Legend 2. Oh, see, there you go. Uh, and that didn't turn out so well, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> not um, best. But not he's also, best. John Ottman is also a great film editor. He's yeah. in a key one an Academy Award for Bohemian Rhapsody. So I'll say this about G. Kino. People, people ask me, aren't you excited that G. Kino is going to be directing films? Like, why would I be excited about that? For all I know, he's got all the directing skill of a shoe. I mean, I, I just don't know. <laughs> but, but this is the kind of thing to cut your teeth on. Like, not some big tentpole X-Men film like uh, our friend uh, 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 Simon Kinberg. Like our friend Simon Kinberg did. Like, that was a bad move, trying to make your first film that you ever direct a big tentpole superhero thing like that. Smaller thing on Disney Plus, a werewolf by night. That could, yeah, that could work really well. All right, what's next? Elizabeth Rado. I hope Will Smith is joking about his son being Miles Morales because I still remember that god awful movie After Earth. Yeah, but listen, <laughs> that doesn't mean. We've well, all seen horrible movies with some great performers in it or performers so who bad. went on to do great yeah. things, right? So, like, I just like I would say, look, don't judge Robert Pattinson as our new Batman mm -hmm. by the movies, by the Twilight movies you saw. I would say the same thing about Jaden Smith. Again, look, not my first choice, but I think we should give him a shot. All right, what's next? Rainbow Bulldog, I'm not... Oh, sending in a $20 super chat. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Rammer. Appreciate that, man. Um, I'm not that shocked about the Moon Knight first reaction. The trailers have been fantastic. But as a person who's excited for Halo, just like Ray, some of the first reactions for Halo have been mixed, so I'm a little bit worried. Look, I'll tell you this. I have always been dubious that a Halo could work in a narrative format. Um, But... You know, once we found out that Steven Spielberg was kind of hands-on as a producer on, I mean, he wasn't directing it, but still was kind of hands-on as a producer of the last couple of trailers I've seen, I've started to buy into the hype. So I want to believe, I'm like, I'm like uh, X-Files, man. I want to believe. And this is just the first episode, right? These reviews? Or I that, don't know. I haven't read them to see. That's the, that's the thing. If it's the whole series, then we got a problem. Yeah, but I, but I, I haven't read them. Yeah. Maybe it's for the first episode. Maybe it's for the first two episodes. Don't know, know that. Like, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for now, Rumble Bulldog. And let's, hopeful, let's be hopeful that this thing works out better than we're hearing so far. All right, what's next? From Enrique, if Molnir landed in Middle Earth, who is worthy? Nobody. I, I think there's probably only two or three people in the cosmos who are worthy. I mean, maybe Gandalf, but he's, I don't know, he's kind of a trickster too. So I would probably guess nobody. All right, what's next? I mean, probably Paul Rudd. Just Probably like, Paul Rudd. You'd just be like, oh, hey, guys, neat. Someone dropped this. Uh, James Bonner just sends in a $5 super chat. Thank you, James. Uh, John Redcorn, better actor. Cena, Bautista, or Hogan? JK on Hogan. Before seeing Peacemaker, I would have said Bautista, but no, I don't know. No, it's definitively Dave Bautista. It's absolutely 100% Dave Bautista. No questions asked. But John Cena is on the same path that Dave Bautista was on. He's getting better and better and better. And, you know, Peacemaker just kind of put him in a role that was really tailored for him. And he's getting better, and I'm excited. But mm -hmm. as of right now, like, if you ask me, hey, which guy would you feel more comfortable dropping in a Denis Villeneuve film next, Dave Bautista or John Cena? Oh, fuck, that's not even a question. Dave Bautista, clearly. Yeah. And um, he is. But, yeah, and, but he is. <laughs> and, and by the way, he is. He's yeah, Blade in Runner 2049. Right. <laughs> so, I, but I think John Cena's on his way. Because I really loved him in Peacemaker. Yeah. I loved him in Peacemaker so much. But right now, to me, it's no question it's Dave Batista. All right, what's next? 
Uh, from Vincent, hi, John and crew. Love the Ms. Marvel trailer. Still trying to get used to her different powers. That was cool how they remixed Blinding Light songs. I, I, yeah, listen, I tell you what, that was a I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of The Weeknd, even though he is a good Canadian kid. I'm, I'm not actually a huge fan oh, of his, his new album's great. Is Jim it? Carrey on it. I haven't heard it. Oh, it's so fun. OK, maybe I'll have to check that out. But the use of that song in that trailer was perfect. And it was nice that you did get to see her do the elongated thing there for a second, too. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. Look, we're getting the same thing with Moon Knight, right? Like, we're getting a different kind of iteration look at them. They're doing the same thing with Miss Marvel. Let's see where they go with it. Well, she's in Marvel's, right? The movie. Yes, yes. she's also so in Marvel's. it's going to be interesting to see how they use that. Because this is the first time they've used a streaming series to launch a character into the movies as opposed to the reverse. I hope we get to see her meet Captain Marvel in this show. Oh, her I, little heart's going to explode. I want to see that so bad. After seeing this trailer, now I want that. Yeah. I want to see her meet Captain Marvel. Anyway, all right, what's next? From Sam Fisher again. Thanks for all your support today, Sam. Uh, I heard that Kite Man is getting his own animated spinoff where he buys the bar where they all go drinking. Cheer set in the DC Universe? Hell yeah. I don't know if that's true. I, I'm, I'm going to say I don't know if that's true. And if it is, are we talking about Kite Man from Harley Quinn? And it's a Harley Quinn animated spinoff? And that's Kite Man buying that bar? If right. so, maybe I'm down. Or is it a new iteration of Kite Man? I'd watch say, that. We had, didn't we have a small reference in Peacemaker 2 to Kite yes, Man? Yes, it's just on us. So, Peacemaker captures yeah. villain Kite Man. Is it Man. that one then? I can't imagine. I, I think it's got to be animated. Yeah. But I, I haven't read the story yet, so I'll have to check. But thanks for putting that on our radar, Sam. All right, Sam what's next? Fisher again, one of two. John, did you ever read X-Men 2019 number four? Magneto gives maybe his best speech to UN delegates about how mutants will not use the method of corrupt used to oppress people to now become superior. No, I have not read anything in 2019 on, on that regard. Rob, are you familiar with uh, the speech in particular? I do, I'm not. All right. We're in the home stretch now, guys. Let's get back to your live questions. What do we have next? From Rafael Castillo, the Puss in Boots trailer made me laugh. The Ms. Marvel trailer has me excited for it. Yeah, it's a good day for trailers. Like yeah. that and Tokyo Vice. Dude. I mean, it was a good day for trailers, Raphael, and I'm looking forward to all these things. Thanks for sending that in, dude. What's next? Remember Bulldog again. Also, have you seen the Ms. Marvel trailer? Is truly a coming age of tr truly coming of age story with comic book elements in it. I mean, I love the way they've incorporated all those things into it, right? I think we were talking about the elements a little bit earlier. Yeah. I just I think this is a delightful trailer. I think it's great. And I know there's gonna be a lot of a lot. There are going to be some people up out there who are going to be like, oh, no, it's brown people in a comic book movie. But it's, it's a like, girl. When, it's a girl. Oh, no. Like, uh, yeah, there are going to be some people like that. And there are going to be people who just watch the trailer and say, ah, that's not for me. And that's fine, too. But uh, I thought personally, I thought it was pretty damn good. All right. What's next? From Schnip. Nick Schnip. Nicholas Cage proclaims, I am a goth. Ahead of playing Dracula, says his pet crow insults him. It's easily the best headline I've ever read. Can't wait for the unbearable weight of massive talent. Did you see it had 100%? I mean, there weren't that many reviews, but it, it debuted at South by Southwest, and it had 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm so excited Does about it really? that movie. It did, I mean, it had only like 15 reviews up, but it was, it was at the time 100%. And the notice is coming out of there. People have been saying that it was great. Because when, when they showed us a big preview for it at uh, CinemaCon, Aaron and I looked at each other and we we're like, this is going to be one of two things, no middle ground. This is going to be one of the greatest things we see this year, mm -hmm. or it's going to be one of the worst things that we talk about for years to come. Apparently. And there's no middle ground. Apparently, it's really, really funny. I hope so. And the so. way it actually turns into the kind of Nicolas Cage movie that they're talking about in the movie at the end is supposed to be delightful. 
Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited Dude, to see they it. They can this turn it into hear. Con Air. I'm going to be like, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, Irene Jobson finally watched Spider-Man No Way Home. Am I the only one who cried? No. Nope. Oh, no. There were, there were so a lot of emotional people at the mm -hmm. end of Spider-Man. Glad you had a chance to catch up on that one, Irene. And yeah, rest assured, you are not alone. There were a lot of people crying in that movie. For Not as much sure. as I cried in the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Dominion trailer, but I was crying. <laughs> yeah, so I've seen Dinosaurs Running with Horses is a totally different level. Totally different level. Totally different level. All right, what's next? Cam K. Bought Spider-Man No Way Home last night, saw 90 minutes of special features. Blu-ray physical claims 100 minutes. Is it really worth the extra 10 minutes? Yes. I mean, look, the only reason I have any interest in in stuff is these days and buying it is is the special features. And hearing that there was 90 minutes, maybe 100 minutes. Look, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to buy the Blu-ray. I'll, I'll watch the extra 90 minutes on digital because you know what's going to happen. The extra 10 minutes is going to be on YouTube in a few months or a year or something like that anyway. So just, uh, I'm, it, I'm dying to see it. It makes me sad that you have a great 4K disc player not 10 feet from where I'm sitting right now, John. Yeah, but I don't need it. <laughs> That's the thing. I don't need it. I'm going to buy you West Side Story just so you can have Laurent Beausreau's <laughs> new documentary. All right. It'll What's probably next? sit unwrapped on your table. For probably. <laughs> Andy, one or two. I can already imagine the Batman sequel. It starts with a shot of Batman overlooking Gotham as Robert Pattinson delivers his gritty emo monologue. <laughs> and in the background, you never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor, poor man. Stealing. Oh. This is how and then the audience collectively just kills themselves. It's, it'll be the greatest moment in cinematic history. Greatest thing ever. By the way, I don't know why people think I actually like... I don't, can't even remember the name of the band now. Nickelback. Nickelback. Oh, that's right. Because I remember one time Nickelback came up. I said, look, for all the trash that Nickelback gets, they were successful for a reason. Like some of their songs, some of their songs, I said, I just don't think they deserve the hate they get. The reason they are, they're millionaires and they made all that money and their songs are so famous is because it struck a chord with a lot of people. I'm not saying they're my guys, although they're good Canadian kids, but I'm just saying, I think they get more trash. They get, they get dumped on too much. You should look up a Shane Torres comedy bit about Guy Fieri and Nickelback. You'll enjoy it. That already sounds like gold. It's amazing. I have no idea what it is, but That's just your good. description of it makes it sound like gold. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, from Marie. Ms. Marvel and Obi-Wan will both be released Wednesdays? Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, Obi-Wan first. We're going to get the Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan Episode 2 will have their own, be on their own. But Obi-Wan Episode 3 is going to drop on the same night as, as uh, Ms. Marvel Episode 1, which is awesome. I'm so excited about that. All right, what's next? From Yo Mama's Llama. Over under 70% blue milk is featured in Obi-Wan. Yo Mama's Llama. Absolutely over. Yeah. You can't not have blue milk on a series that's going to be featured there where he's looking at Owen because Baru loves her blue milk. Yeah. And if he's overseeing that, there's got to be some of that involved, I think. We got to push that in the parks. I think so too. But over under Obi Wan Kenobi is going to say, "I have a bad feeling about this." Over under what? Over under fifty percent. Over. Oh, like a thousand percent. He's going to say it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I that that can't not be there. So I definitely go over. All right, what's next? Uh, CJ uh, CJ Rebirth. You want it? I want it. Turning red was hilarious. Oh God, I love that. I I love the movie. And actually, we were we so were driving home from dinner yesterday. Me and Ray. 
uh, our buddy Ryan, uh, Ray and Ann's mom was in the car and we started talking about turning red and all the music in it. And Ray was getting positively giddy talking about that movie and singing. He was yeah. singing the songs yeah. in the car. I love the songs. It's great. It's, it's absolutely so great. All right. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, you want it, I was thinking if you really want it, if you really, really want it. Did you guys see that meme, that video meme that people put out? It's the scene from Spider-Man No Way Home where Ned goes, show me Peter Parker. And then a portal opens and Ned goes, oh, it's just some random guy. But when the camera turns to it, it's the opening sequence of Peacemaker. <gasps> and it's just John Cena and you hear, if you really want it. It's, like, uh, yes. it's awesome. I love it. And James Gunn tweeted it out. <laughs> and he wrote, I can't believe they cut this from the movie. <laughs> Gold. All right. Sorry. What's next? Uh, from Elizabeth Rado again. If I buy No Way Home through Apple, will I get the special features? I, be I believe you get 90 minutes of special features. If you buy the Blu-ray, I believe you get 100. Don't, don't hold me to that, but I, I think that's what it is. Is that what you heard as well? I think so. Yeah. So I, I think you do double check, but I think that's what you get, Elizabeth. Let me know if you find out otherwise. All right, what's next? Vincent Moore again. This hasn't been confirmed, but how do you feel about Jaden Smith playing Miles Morales? Again, it wouldn't be my choice, but I'm okay with it. I mean, look, if they think he would be a good fit, and like I said, I've liked him in a couple of things, and I do not hold it against him that he's just Will Smith's kid, I say let's give him a shot. I mean, again, I don't know that this is true. Actually, I kind of believe it's not true, but if it is, I say let's give him a shot. All right, what's next? Uh, from Tim Platt, I'm curious to see how Moon Knight and Ms. Marvel turn out. I know nothing of the characters and wasn't impressed by the trailers, but I've enjoyed pretty much everything the MCU has done so far. You know what? It reminds me of my feelings towards Pixar stuff. There's been a lot of Pixar projects that have come out that I didn't like the trailers for. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the trailers for Up. I didn't like the trailers for Coco. I didn't like the trailers for Wally. i I've just learned, you know what? I'm just going to stop not giving Pixar the benefit of the doubt. Uh, because I ended up loving all those things. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. I, but, but look, I haven't been thrilled with the MCU Disney Plus stuff so far. Obviously, WandaVision I was. That was amazing. I, I, I liked Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I liked Loki. I, I didn't love it. I'm not even sure I liked Hawkeye. I didn't hate it, but I'm not even sure I liked it. So... Eh, to me, the Disney Plus shows right now are kind of hit and miss. If they, mm. if either one of these shows can even get close to how good WandaVision was, that'll be a win. What about What If? I wasn't big on What If either. There were a couple of good episodes. There was one or two episodes that I thought were really good. But a lot of them I thought were, eh, I just wasted however much time watching it. I, I didn't love What If, to be honest with you. All right, what's next? Um, from Edmontonia. As a lifelong Trek fan, I have my misgivings about what they've done to the show. However, the costume design has been impeccable. John Delancey, for example, has never looked so good. Comment. He does look pretty damn slick in that, doesn't he? Does. I will say the costuming in Picard is season two is I, I'm quite enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, I think the costuming in all of this stuff has actually, even in the episodes and whatever that I didn't like, I think the costuming has been pretty damn good. I think, though, that one of the things about Star Trek that was always really interesting was the lineage of the costumes. And one of the things between Lower Decks, Prodigy, Discovery, it's been, there is no lineage. They're jumping uh, back and forth. But I like how Picard is trying to emulate Lower Decks, and there's a little bit more of synergy there. All right. Okay, what's next? From Arturo, the update of the Office Virgin podcast with Rob. Yeah, we've already recorded the first episode. 
Uh, I think we're going to launch, we're going to record the next couple of episodes this week, uh, but we're not going to actually launch it until sometime in April. I think early April is when we're going to launch it, but I believe the podcast feed for The Office Virgin is now up on Spotify. I believe you can actually go and subscribe to the podcast feed now, uh, and then we will be getting our, uh, we'll start loading those up uh, sometime in April. And for those who might want to know, my first time was really good. (laughs) I was there. I got to walk Rob through it so gently, so sweetly. I appreciated that because you really (laughs) took your time. Ray's, Ray, Ray, Ray wants to leave the room. Okay. <laughs> What's next? Jackmaster Nord. I think the spell that Strange is in trouble for is about Dormammu, not Peter. Um, I mean, we know that was the breaking point for uh, Mordo. Like, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You did what? Mm-hmm. That's um, interesting. I mean, look, because I... I actually think, I don't know this, but I actually think it's going to be something other than the spell that was cast for Peter. I don't yeah. think that's going to be it. I didn't think maybe, I don't know, you might be onto something. What do you think? I think so too. But then again, I mean, Strange was blipped, you know? So I would have, I would probably think that it has something to do with him that he did when he came back. All right, what's next? Jordan Ellis. Halo reviews are not very good. Uh, special effects are less than stellar. It makes me concerned for a GOW show as well. God of War show as well. I, well, I mean, two things. Number one, I think the special effects, at least what I've seen in the trailers, have looked really good. Yeah. Secondly, isn't God of War going to Amazon? Or was it Paramount Plus? I think it's... Ray, can you look that up for me? Yeah, I, the, think, uh, I, I think they're talking... I think they were talking about going to Amazon. Amazon, God of War? Yeah. Yeah, that was Amazon. Yeah, yeah, so it is Amazon. So so something, Amazon is not shy to pour lots of money into into their property stuff. So I wouldn't make any connection there. But again, I'm going to hold judgment until I get a chance to see at least the first episode of of Halo, which is coming up real soon. All right, what's next? Stubble McShave. One of my favorite sports dramas is Requiem for a Heavyweight with Anthony Quinn and Cassius Clay. Have you seen it? I'll be honest. I'll go one step further. I've never even heard of it. Oh, it's Rod Serling. I, I did he I had no idea he did that. The TV version. Right. No, yeah. I did not I've never heard of this one myself. I mean, there's a number of the older boxing documentary stuff that I have watched that, that everybody's watched, but I've not heard of that one. Thanks for putting that one on my radar radar stubble. I appreciate that, man. All right, what's next? John McCanpia writes in. Name one international film that you like a lot. Uh Infernal Affairs, uh Amelie. Uh, I mean, Doc that, Booth, the Seven Samurai, uh, anything like Kurosawa. I, yeah. I, I mean, we we could go on and on quite a bit. Anyway, what's next? From Tim again, uh, which do you which do you guys keep or which do you lose forever? Duel of the Fates or Imperial March? You keep Imperial March. Duel of the Fates is phenomenally awesome, no doubt. But Imperial March is the Imperial March. You, I mean, that's 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 that is Star Wars. The Imperial March is is Star Wars. I, but Duel of Fates is awesome. You look like you have something to say. No, I was just thinking about, I had the soundtrack for The Empire Strikes Back before I saw the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget, it was it was it came in a double album, and the Imperial March started side two. I'll never forget, because I listened to the whole, you know, the and when, when I, I remember hearing the, dude, I, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now, my, I don't know what you would describe it as, but when you heard that dun, Dude, I'm thinking. I'm having this this reaction. I was 13 years old. 
I just turned 13 and I'm like, I don't even know what, where this goes in the movie, but this might just be the coolest piece of music I've ever heard in my life. Even more so than the Star Wars theme. All right, what's next? From Jackmaster Nord again, please, no more Jaden Smith. See, again, to me, this is just, this is history repeating itself with the, no Robert Pattinson. Like it's the, it, to me, it's the same thing. Uh, now, Jaden Smith has not had the underground track record that Robert Pattinson quietly yeah. built up that a lot of people didn't pay attention to. But I think he's a kid who's improved. And I listen, now he's like 22, 23 years old. I don't see why not. I, I really don't. You, you have to give me a solid reason why we should be actively against this. I mean, I don't see it. Uh, the only thing I could think of is that what Chris astutely brought up. It would be nice to have somebody that is, uh, has Puerto, Puerto Rican. Rican blood in them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know me and my my thoughts on that. Is- yeah, no, of course. But I just I think it I think that in terms of his racial makeup, I think it's pretty intrinsic to the character. But I will say this: when I look at this particular picture, of, I mean, I kind of see Miles Morales. Well, that's the thing. He you know does, what I mean? Yes. And now you know me. To me, the look is not the most important thing. But I, but I will say, I mean. I could totally see that kid as Miles Morales, but I don't know. Whatever. We'll we'll see. By the way, I still don't even think it's real. I don't, I still don't even think it's true. All right, what's next? Kevin Cow watched Adam Project and Turning Red last weekend. Loved it. Yeah. Disappointed. Turning Red is not in theaters. With Ms. Marvel, Moon Knight, and Doctor Strange, MCU is on fire. Yeah. I, I, again, I as much as I adored Turning Red, it equally baffles me that it just reinforces the stupidity of Disney. Pulling this thing out of theaters. Is it still over at El Capitan? Because Kevin could see that because he's local. Yeah, but I mean, if you want to be in the worst seat ever, it's in two theaters in North America. It's in two theaters. It should be in 4,000 theaters. It really should. And the fact that they did that is it's just confounding to me. Anyway, all right, what's next? Jim X Mafia. Is it weird, Ms. Marvel's powers like Green Lantern? I didn't get that at all. That didn't. I, yeah, I, that, no. I didn't get any sense of that at all. I mean, if you're talking about that, her powers seem to be based on some kind of energy. Well, we can give a laundry list of 100 superheroes that are that, but I yeah. I personally didn't get that myself. All right, what's next? Rick Staines, 200 million views is great and all, but do you remember how many episodes of the John Campia show there are? Couldn't tell you. That's a good question, though. I, I honestly could not tell you. It's got to be... Oh, God. Uh a buttload. 1500 i don't know maybe getting close to 2000 i i've never numbered them i've never counted maybe at some point i should go back and count them maybe i can make that a project for ray someday that he maybe can count how many episodes there are uh i can tell you how many videos i've put up just because i youtube will just tell me how many videos they put up but i Mm -hmm. i don't know it's a good question man but yeah we did just for those you don't know we did just cross 200 million views on the channel so thank you again to everybody for helping us cross that party time Mm -hmm. party time all right, what's next? And we're just ending with some support here. We got Josh Holbert and the man with the master plan just sending in super chats. Oh, thank you so much for that, guys. It's always nice when people just want to write in support. And guys, that'll do it for today's episode of the John Campion Show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats, number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. Number two, you supported this channel as you did it, and all of us involved with the John Campion Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. Don't forget, later today at 4 p.m. Let me see if I can find it here again. Oh, I seem to have lost it. But later today at 4 p.m., Django Unchained. We're going to be talking about At Movie Club. Make sure you guys come on by. 
and talk a little bit of Quentin Tarantino's masterpiece movie with us as we get rolling that. Once again, that's 4 p.m. Los Angeles time. You guys can figure out whatever that is uh, where you live. And don't forget to come back again tomorrow and join us for the next episode of the John Campia Show. For everybody sitting around the table, sitting over here, we got Robert Meyer Burnett, we got Ray Orr, we got Chris Carr, we got me, John Campia. That'll do it for us for now, guys. Thanks for being here, and until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>